Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to episode 18 of the I Got Ask podcast. I'm Daryl Oliveira, and I'm the host of this program. Returning listeners, thank you so much for being here again. As you know, I appreciate you and all of your support so, so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to follow along uh, as I put out these conversations. Uh, for any new listeners, this is a show where I talk to cool people that do cool things. That's it. That's the only label I assign to the show. Uh, so far, a lot of my talks have been with musicians, but I've also had uh, people on who have other interesting careers or projects uh, on the show in past episodes, and I'd invite you to dive into some of those past shows and uh, have a listen. Uh, today's guest is uh, another musician by the name of Jerry Also, a.k.a. Jerry Gonzalez, who plays bass in the band Murderland. <laughs> I know. This is uh, now three podcasts in a row with musicians who are all part of that band, and to be honest, I couldn't be more thrilled. It kind of just worked out that way with um, with how the guest scheduling has been lately, but uh, it was cool for me as a huge fan of those guys uh, to have been able to get so many different stories about the band uh, from a variety of different angles. Uh, Jerry and I have a ton of other stuff in common, and it was great discussing so many different things with him, uh, including more of Murderland's band history, uh, our similarities growing up in Catholic families, uh, recording in the days of cassette tapes, uh, how Jerry ended up playing bass and how he got his first bass guitar, uh, why he applied to an attending musician's institute, uh, Jerry's new art initiative, which he is sharing on Instagram uh, as the G13 Creative and what that's all about, uh, Jerry's woodworking projects, and uh, so much more. Uh, Jerry's an awesome dude, and it was a pleasure talking with him and getting to know him a little. So, Jerry, if you're listening, uh, thanks again, man. Really appreciate your time and you agreeing to be on the show. So that's about uh, that's about it for the intro, guys. Um, I asked Jerry which Murderland song he would uh, most like to hear at the start of the episode, and his choice was the song Scum and Villainy off the band's album Prelude to a Kill. Uh, so I'm going to play that, and then I'm going to roll the intro music, and then we're off to the races on the conversation. Uh, hope you all enjoy, and uh, please, please, please help me out by subscribing uh, wherever you listen. Uh, rate the show wherever you listen. Share it around with your friends if you like what you hear. And uh, follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram by simply searching for... Uh, at I Gotta Ask Podcast. And if you'd like, follow my personal Instagram account, which is uh, Ol Surly, which is at O-L underscore S-U-R-L-Y. That's it. Hope you guys all enjoy my conversation with Jerry also. But first, here's the track Scum and Villainy by Murderland. I live my life in a rundown house in poverty in the south part of L.A. Amongst the rats and roaches, hungry every day. My friends are cohorts, the villains by my side, a motley crew of scurvy scallywags, and I'm too tough to die. And so we drink another night. Scum and villainy, how you calling me? I shall return to you the sweet things of humanity. So drink another 40 for me. Light another joint, I swore that I'd be true. I shall return to thee. Scum and villainy.
Jerry also from the band Murderland, and you are listening to the I Gotta Ask podcast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, man. Jerry from the band Murderland, Base Extraordinaire. Thank you for being here, man. I appreciate it. Ah, thank you for having me, man. Oh, I. I like I've been telling, like I told Mike a few weeks back and Josh a couple weeks back, I've been a huge Murderland fan. Like the last two months, it's been like just on constant on my like Spotify. And I, and I, I actually bought the little discography, um, you know, like the one that, that comes with the, uh, the, the new EP's record the vinyl uh-huh. and then the uh-huh. two CDs and the t-shirt, but uh, yeah. Tony still has neglected to mail it out yet, even though I bought it way back in April. So, <laughs> Hey Tony, I'll, I'll give him a nudge. I'm going to see me, him soon. He but. sent me an email today and he said, Oh, sorry for the delay, man. I, I cause like a couple weeks back, he's like, I'm going to get it out this week. And then like just this morning, he sent me another email oh. saying, yeah, sorry. I still haven't mailed it out. I'll get to you soon. <laughs> I was like, that's cool, man. He's an honest man. He's, and he's a busy dude. He's, he's, he's a very busy dude. He's got a, he's got a, what a two year old now. And uh, almost two-year-old, I think, maybe more. Uh, time is just a blur to me oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. We were just talking about that. We, we had a friend over earlier who hasn't seen our son since he was, I think, two or three. And he's about to turn nine next week. And he was just, you know, his mind was just blown. Yeah. You know, he was just so big. And he's like, where did the time go? And I'm like, yeah, dude, what, where the, did the time go? Like, I know last year was basically a wash, but, like, even the last couple of years, few years even. Yeah. You know, it's just almost like they never even were there. <laughs> it's been so weird, man. Honestly, like these days, I don't know what it is about like uh, about the pandemic, but it's making the time fly by even faster, even though we have nothing to do, really, like no social yeah. things to do other than have Zoom meetings or with, with friends on a Friday night or whatever. Or, you know, I don't know what's like where you are right now. We can talk about that a little bit. But where I am, you can't really do anything. We're in full down, <laughs> full lockdown, you know, stay at Still, home. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 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 bad here. Our government has severely mismanage this crisis and mm, we're, yeah. we're well, in a we, tough spot we, we were in that boat it's not yeah. we, we, i think we're just in denial and, and still in that boat yeah uh <laughs> yeah it's crazy uh here it's it's i mean it's opening back up you know i, I heard that when uh when you were talking to josh yep. and mike even you were saying that it was still locked down I'm surprised that it still is yep. uh because you know it was for here it was really like hit uh hit and miss like a couple of weeks it was like okay we're you know we're doing good we're gonna start opening up <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, it was like, you know, shit, no, never, never mind. You guys all fucked it up. We're closing up again. You know, oh, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, and you know, like I said, for me, I uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, I was back out in the field, you know, two months in, because um, we weren't considered essential right away. But once yeah. they realized, like, you know, billionaires can't go without their without their uh, AV functioning, um, you know, for more than a month. They were like, you need to get back out there. We'll give you that title. Just get, to, <laughs> just get back to work. Yeah, dude. So uh, once once we you know hit the ground, we hit the ground running. 
um, you know, there were, there's definitely some, some, uh, some slow periods. Uh, but right now we're, we're picking up, you know, I've been, I've been so busy with, uh, my, the company I work for and I do uh, side work as well. Um, you know, with, uh, like the wood, the wood, uh, working stuff. And then, uh, you know, I just took on some, uh, art commissioning and, uh, but I've also been doing side AV work. So oh, like nice. my own, I have, I have my own clients and I have to, you know, ser- do service calls and new installs and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, the time that I have off from work, I usually spend trying to catch up on that kind of stuff. Right. So for me, you know, I haven't been able to do anything other than work. Uh, but because of that, you know, it has felt like the time has just flown by Yeah. and I get home at nine o'clock sometimes and all I have time to do is eat, shower, go to bed, start over and do it again. It's like Groundhog (laughs) Day, man. It really is. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's been a weird thing. Hey, before we get rolling too far into this, why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit for the folks and just tell them who you are and, and the band that you play in and, and, uh, you know, what you've been up to lately. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, my name's Jerry also, uh, uh, that's my pseudonym, obviously. Um, Jerry Gonzalez is my real name, and I play for the band Murderland. Um, and I actually, I, I love that you put this in here because we have this joke with with my brother. Uh, my brother is his name Leon. Uh, he calls himself Leon Catfish, and he plays for the band Guilty Heart. Uh, we look like twins. Oh, so, really? <laughs> despite a seven year uh, age difference. <laughs> We look, we look exactly alike. So and, that post uh, that I hunted down on your Instagram is actually your brother and not you. Yeah. Guitar yeah, and Guilty Hearts. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So no, but no, it, I, I didn't No, I'm not trying to make fun of you or anything, but <laughs> no. cause it's, it's literally, it's, it, we look so much alike that people can't even tell us apart, you know, and there was I a thought time it was you. when I, yeah, I, I, there was a time when I started hanging out in the scene when I got old enough and started coming around all his friends and they'd be like, Hey, what's up, Leon? And I'm like. <laughs> oh, what's, no, I'm, not, I'm his little brother. Hey, what's up, Jerry? And they're like, oh, what? Like their minds would just be blown. So, uh, and we'd actually we we'd played some tricks on our our wives because uh, when they came to visit a few years back, uh, we switched shirts when they were in the other room. Oh, and when no. they came back in, we were standing in the same spots we were standing, but we switched. And we were, you know, we switched shirts and we had our backs towards them, and they were, both came up and they were like, you know, put their arms around us. And like my wife just looks over at, at my brother and is like about to kiss him. She goes, "Oh my god, what?" Like just was completely floored. And both of them were like, you know, they were laughing, but they were also kind of upset. They were like, "I almost kissed you. Like I almost grabbed your butt. Like oh, it's just it was hilarious." So yeah, don't feel too bad. <laughs> so you guys are seven years apart, and you look that similar. Like I literally thought that was yeah. you. I look back through because I was, you know, I always do that whenever I have a guest on. I sort of deep dive. Uh, into their Instagram and kind of you know get some ideas for questions, yeah, right? Yeah. And course, so I saw, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, he plays guitar. And he's, uh, what's this band called? Guilty Hearts. So that must be Guilty Hearts. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, fuck it, that must be him. And then here we yeah. are. It's your brother all along. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, it's so good. It's good. I told I was I couldn't wait to bring that up, and I'm glad you said, I'm glad you uh, wrote that. That's a good one. Uh, uh, yeah, no, but but yeah, he plays music as well. He's he's basically the the uh, reason I got into playing music. You know, right. like he. He grew up, you know, uh, just with all the best music uh, that I could ever listen to. You know, he had a huge collection of vinyl, CD, uh, cassette, you know, whatever he could possibly get his hands on. And uh, there was always something cool coming out of his room. Right. <clears throat> so naturally, I'd go naturally I'd go in there and steal everything. So. Was he a punk guy then? Did he grow like? Yeah. So, so initially, yeah, you know, he grew up listening to, uh, you know, his favorite band is probably still Nirvana, but. 
uh, that led him into, you know, the, the grunge scene and the punk scene. And he played in a, in a band called the feds, uh, in, in La Puente, which is where I grew up, where okay. we grew up, um, and, uh, in San Gabriel Valley. And so the, the, um, he was a pretty good, you know, pretty big part of that punk scene growing up. So I, you know, I naturally just wanted to be a part of that as well. Sure. Uh, so, so as soon as I was able to, you know, I, I got a guitar and started a band and, Started, you know, writing shitty songs and playing shitty shows in the backyard. So. <laughs> like everybody else <laughs> around that. Just time. like him, yeah. Just like everyone else, yep. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I would go into his room when he wasn't there, and and you know, steal CDs and and record them on cassette, and you know, have my you know burn music yep. collection. Eventually, yeah. when I got a CD burner, you know, stealing. CDs I was going to say on them. cassette. So you must be around the same age as that I am. Then you like you're getting close to forty, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm th- I just turned 35. So, okay, cool. Yeah, oh, 35. I'm, 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 okay. I'm, yeah. Well, that's, that's still like, yeah, yeah. that's a little young for cassettes though. Like you must've been on the very tail end of cassettes at 35. Like, yeah. And my brother was, was a collector, you know, and uh, he, okay. he still to this day has a, a huge cassette collection. Does he? And, uh, and I, I took a few before he moved, uh, to, he first, he moved to DC and then to Colorado. But I kept a few, you know, just, just to have it, you know, for nostalgia, yeah. Yeah. um, that, that he had like, you know, basically recorded off of someone else's disc and he made the cover art for it. And, yep. you know, I kept those. And so I still have them tucked away with my CDs uh, from the past. And, uh, but yeah, no, it was mainly, it was just, uh, it was cause that's what he was into. Yep. And, you know, I was just the, the bratty little brother that wanted to do everything he did. So, sure. yeah, <clears> you know, cassettes was just naturally, you know, yeah. it was there and I wanted to listen to it. <laughs> well, cassettes were like huge when I was like, when I was a kid, like you could only get shit on cassettes. There was no CDs yet. And like, like I'm, yeah, no, yeah. right. And then, and then it wasn't, I mean, once I got into my early, early teen years, that's CDs really started to hit. And I remember like buying my, like my first CD when I was probably like 14 or 13 or whatever. They'd been out for a few years and my parents had had them obviously and stuff like that. But for me, like cassettes were, I, it was in a weird transition period, just like with the internet. You know what I mean? Like I still, mm-hmm. I mean, you do too, like a time before having internet. Right. And then all of a sudden yeah. it was just oh, there yeah. and now <clears> it's part of everybody's life. Like, so like crazy you know what i mean it's yeah weird. and i, I refuse to to like it's so dumb of me but i just refuse to like accept that computers were going to be just you know a part of everyday life yeah. so you know I, I didn't buy the the first ipods and you know i didn't have the mp3 players and i i was all strictly cd and cassette and, yeah. and i think the biggest the biggest thing for me for cassette and then eventually cd was that you know it was so easy to just record something yeah, steal yeah. music you know yeah really <laughs> And so, you know, I could, if I heard something on the radio, I could literally just push record and, and I'd keep it. Oh, yeah. It, excuse me. <laughs> so sorry. It's all right. Come over here. Yeah, the beer. Uh, yeah. And, it, and I think that was just like the convenience of it and just being able to, like, you know, there was a cassette player in every room in our house. We were just, uh, we were pretty big music people. So there was always uh, some kind of cassette player, CD player in, in every room. Right. So, you know, whenever we were cleaning the house or, or doing yard work, there was always music playing. Um, you know, and, and whatever I could get my hands on, I would just try to record. Sure. And yeah, and obviously tape was the easiest. Uh, and then I would also have like a um, like a voice recorder uh, that used to sit, and uh, we'd record my band's you know yep. practices and go over yep. them and yeah, you know, all that stuff. So that, that was fun too. Yeah. yeah, we definitely did that too. Like we, that was a big thing for us. It was an easy way. I remember getting a <clears throat> mini disc player. Like I don't know if you remember those stupid oh, things yeah. for like a second. I remember. Yeah. Oh, and we would hang a mic in the middle of the room and record. And oh, like the quality. Oh yeah. Like, oh my god, it would have been better to do it on a cassette. You know what I mean? It was, it was just <laughs> fucking brutal. 
the trick was putting it in in like some kind of uh uh like a bucket with like a pillow or something just but not oh, yeah. you know in it just kind of so that it it, it muffled most of the sound yeah yeah and it would actually record pretty well you that's know? a good trick actually <laughs> we we uh we would try to put it in different places because it would sound like shit in certain spots and we figured that out eventually yeah uh but then eventually we were like we were like we got to evolve and get and, and grow up and get better equipment so <laughs> let's stop trying to like you know put a band-aid on this yeah <laughs> i remember we had like the fostex four track that took the cassette tape and that thing was like that thing oh was man, old, man! It was amazing for rec- we thought it was the best thing for recording. You know what I mean? It was so weird. Yeah, yeah. My my buddy, I think, ended up getting some kind of you know four track or something, some kind of mixer, and then he was the guy who had who had all the tech. He he had the yeah. computer and, and the the scanner and the printer and everything. So he was in charge of all the you know the logo stuff yeah. and, the, and the flyer stuff. Uh, but eventually he he was like, hey, I can record it. Let's let's record a. a, a few of the songs in our, in my room. Right. And we're like, yeah, of course, let's do it. Like, it sounds awesome. Well, we can, you know, it's how hard can it be? And, <laughs> you know, we, we, we pulled it off, but now going back and listening to that, I, I don't know if I still have it, but the last time I listened to it, it was just, it was so bad. You know, it was just so tinny. <laughs> like it, it literally sounded like, you, it, like we recorded it all with, uh, with like a synthesizer almost. Oh, wow. Know? Really? Yeah. Cause it was just so bad. Got that know? distorted. Yeah, well, yeah, and it was just like there was no, no mids, no no yeah, low yeah. end. It, it was just gross. Oh man! <laughs> and the drums actually, because we did it in the room, and uh, our drummer was. Just, <laughs> I, I love him, and I haven't talked to him in years, but you know, he was definitely spoiled. Yeah. Uh, he got a, he got a, a what do you call it? An electric drum set. Oh, nice. At like at like sixteen, you know. So you know, we sat that up in my buddy's room, and he hooked it up and recorded on that, and that just we didn't know how to you know set the sound up for that or tune yeah, that yeah uh it sounded so bad did it really i was <laughs> gonna say that oh, it yeah. would be easier i would feel than like an acoustic drum set you know what i mean like it's tough to I, get a good I, sound. I, yeah i mean if you know what you're doing yeah I'm yeah say. yeah i suppose i suppose <laughs> we, were, we were like 16 17 year old kids right trying to mess around happen to have that technology at our hands yeah right uh it was fun you know definitely best years of my life but <laughs> looking or listening back it was just like oh my god how did i think that sounded good how- you can't listen to the old stuff it's like it, no. i found a cassette with like some old stuff on it a while back and i listened to it i was like Oof. like but at the time it's like it's all you knew right it's all you had yeah. and it was like that was our world back then was playing local shitty little local shows and recording into like you know like we were talking about cassette tapes and cassette decks and and four track yeah. recorders and trying to make it sound like overdubbing and then and then uh, I forget how we doubled the tracks. We would, we'd mix everything down to one track and I can't remember how it worked. And then, yeah. And then record the other, on the other three tracks, you know what I mean? So we could do like overdub voices and uh-huh. like singing and things like that. It was, it was really weird. And there was no internet, uh, yeah. you know? So yeah. it was like, you, you didn't know the crafty, tricks. Man. Yeah. You had to get crafty yeah. and you didn't know the tricks unless somebody taught you the trick. And it was like, ugh, yep. it, was, could, it was ugly a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. So luckily I didn't, uh, didn't have to deal with any of that. Yeah. Uh, it was like I said, it was my buddy who, who uh, my buddy Manuel, who who had all that tech and was able to maneuver through that. And he, I mean, for the most part, he did a pretty good job for a seventeen-year-old kid. You know, yeah. the technology he'd never used before. So right, yeah, you, you can't fault him for it. But uh, definitely sounds like kids recorded it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and where did you say you grew up? Sorry, uh, La Puente, a little town called La Puente, in uh, near West Covina. Uh, in um, like the suburbs of LA. Okay. Um, you know, probably about 30 minutes east of downtown. Oh, nice. 
So you're yeah, yeah you're yeah. close to the action then. Thirty yeah, minutes east yeah, of downtown yeah. is pretty close. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised LA man. Nice. I spent a lot of time out here too. Yeah. So right now I'm actually uh, on the west side of LA. So I'm over uh, near Culver City. So oh yeah. Okay. Pre- pretty close to the beach, like good 15, 20 minutes. Away. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. It's always been my dream, yeah. man, like to get down. I've never been to to California. I but like I've always low key wanted to like drop everything and move to California. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, man, it's awesome. There's a little town it's, down there called Santa Ana. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's it's I think it's about yeah, an hour outside of LA. And, yeah, so uh, that's uh that's just a little further east of, of where I grew up. Yeah. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. And that looks like such an awesome little like I hate to use this term, but like a like hipster like town, you know, it's very hip, very, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like every time I see anything from coming out of Santa Ana, like I, I follow some people that live there and I'm like, I'm like, this looks amazing. That looks exactly like where I'd want to spend my, the rest of my days, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's, it's tough. You live here, you grow up here, all your, your whole life's here, you know what I mean? But I yeah. always said to my wife, if you ever leave me, I'm going to pack my shit <laughs> to California. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I didn't grow up here, I definitely would have ended up here. But yeah, I, I was fortunate oh. enough to, to to grow up here, and so yeah, and and which is why I don't want to leave here. I mean, like you said, my whole life is here, all my friends are here. But uh, you know, you meet so many different people that come and go. Um, you make so many good relationships, and then you know, if if, if you're trying to do anything that has anything to do with any kind of industry, uh, whether it's music or movies or yeah, writing or whatever, yeah, you have to be here or, or I guess in New York. I've never been, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely here, you know, even just doing what I do, which is uh, home theater install, AV, uh, uh, high end home theater install. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've networked so much just from walking around certain areas. Oh, of town, I believe know? it. Crazy. Yeah. Really nuts. Yeah. It's, it's the place <laughs> to be like for music stuff. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I got talking to you guys just by happenstance. You know what I mean? Like, I, I found out about Murderland through, you know, oh. and I've said this on a couple of podcasts already, but I'll say it again. Like, I found out through the Bomb Pops. I was a, I was a Bomb Pops fan. And uh, and then I see that Polly's husband, Mike, is in this band, and I click on it, and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit. So I reached out to him. He agreed to be on. I got talking to him, and then and then I was already in the works for talking to Josh, and uh, now I'm talking to you, and I and you know t- I've been talking to Tony about being on, and I would love to talk about, to Pat about being on because he's also in the Albrights, which Mike opened my eyes to that band as well. Oh, Pat! Pat Pat's kind of like uh, you're the all star, is he of the band? You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, now yeah, he's, he's now he's in Versus the World. I see he's recording yeah, Versus oh, yeah. the World, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that, yeah, no, that that's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, like you guys are all down there. Like I know a bunch of you went to MI, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so like it's definitely the place to be for like if you want to do music stuff, you're gonna find the best musicians there. You know what I mean? Like yeah, people are yeah. making their way there to make music and and film and everything else, right? Yeah, yeah. So in any kind of industry, really, like I said, yeah. like like Josh's Josh's industry. It's funny that he moved up to to Seattle, but then up there, it's the same. You know, yeah. uh, for music, for music, and for weed. Oh yeah, basically anything. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a it's a really you know central hub. Yeah, Seattle's great for that. Yeah. What, uh, so you, uh, hang on a second. Let me just check my notes here to make sure I'm not getting too off track here. Um, no worries. Uh, oh, I wanted to ask you, did you, growing up, did you, were you playing bass first? Was that your first instrument? Yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I grew up idolizing my brother and trying to do everything he did. So, yep. uh, naturally, naturally guitar was the first thing I learned. Uh, he, he tried to teach me a little bit, you know, but his, his way of teaching, which looking back now is, is, you know, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Great. Uh, was basically just handing me a guitar, a tuner, 
and a pick and telling me to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, and I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, how do I use this thing? Just figure it out. And I figured it out. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, uh, a couple months later, you know, I'm trying to learn songs off, you know, off a cassette yeah. <laughs> or yeah. a CD. And, uh, <laughs> and then eventually just trying to start my own band and, and, uh, trying to find anybody who wanted to play music with me. And fortunately enough, that was around the time that I was just transitioning into high school. So when I, you know, started going to, to high school, I met immediately met a bunch of people who were already musically inclined and, and you know pretty good at their instrument. So I was like, oh shit, I just need to hurry up and get better, and, and maybe I can play with these guys. Yeah. And uh, and that's you know really how it started. Um, but uh, of course, every band that I wanted to join in because I didn't know I just to start my own band. I was you know very insecure about that. Uh, I was just trying to get into a band yeah. and every band every band that was already established and needed someone to play needed a bass player <laughs> you know and it's that classic story of like oh we already have a guitar player but you know can you play bass I'm like i don't have a bass i have a guitar I know. so but eventually i was like hey you know i'll just play these four strings and whatever you know i'll ignore the the, the last two and <laughs> just play a bass a bass line you know for you guys <laughs> uh and then my brother saw that i you know had joined a band but to play bass yeah uh, so he went and bought me a, a Squire P bass. Oh, nice. Which, which was my first bass ever. Nice. Uh, and, and really he just took me to guitar center and was like, Hey, uh, it wasn't my birthday, but he was like, happy birthday. Nice. <laughs> he goes, just pick, pick whichever one you want. Uh, he's like, I, I added these right here. You know, obviously something reasonable. Yeah. It's a good yeah. beginner. Uh, so he got me that, he got me a case, he got me a strap, a cable. Um, and then eventually I got an app. I don't think I got an app right away, but, um, I was using somebody else's app. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I just was so excited by the fact that he bought that for me. So, yeah. uh, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to play this thing. I'm going to learn how to kill it. Like, I'm just going to, this is going to be my instrument now, you know, screw guitar. Everybody, everybody wants to play guitar and like, you know, they're dime a dozen. So I'm going to play bass, <laughs> you know? So I started listening to, to, uh, a lot of ranted, uh, a lot of anti-flag, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Matt Freeman, Chris, number two from anti-flag, obviously my favorite bass players, um, you know, Jay Bentley from bad religion and, uh, and Mike dirt, of course, from green day. Yeah, of course. Uh, Around that those, time those too. Are, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And green day, uh, will always has been and always will be my favorite band. Oh, really? um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, it's funny cause I heard Josh talking about how like he grew up hating pop punk, uh, you know, and, and I kind of did too, but Green Day was the one exception that I was like, you know, that they were the, the ones that introduced me into like, you know, actually playing and listening to punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother, my brother was, you know, the, the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like he was, he was kind of like the, the stepping stone for that. But, but Green Day, you know, was like the catalyst for a kid for, like me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause it was just like really simple, you know, uh, upbeat music that was just fun to listen to and, yeah. and eventually play um and that was just a lot of fun so uh so yeah no green day is definitely my my top band there um but yeah where where was i going with this (laughs) (laughs) we were talking about how you got into playing bass but it's amazing Uh, that your brother like just took you out and and i know he's he's a bit older he said like you said he's seven years older than you but that is amazing for your brother to be that cool of a guy to take you to guitar center and buy you a squire which a squire p bass is a great first bass you oh man, I, mean? I still miss it. Yeah. Uh, I miss it because it got stolen actually oh, uh, shit. at a show at a show in the backyard in La Fuente. So, yeah, it was it was a uh, sad story. <laughs> I was actually just hanging out with some friends I hadn't seen in a long time, 
Um, and we were talking about that. And I was like, oh man, I forgot about that. But, you know, I could, you know, hardly even think about that base anymore. Uh, cause out of sight, out of mind, but yeah. you know, whenever that, whenever it comes up or I see pictures of it, you know, it just takes me all the way back. And I'm like, oh man, this that thing, it had such a great tone for, for being such a, you know, entry level base. Um, and I broke the, you know, the, the input like five times. Yeah. I just never knew how to right. wrap my cord around my strap. <laughs> I was just such a, such a noob, uh, as the kids say. And, uh, and I would break it every time, you know, we, yeah. we were playing a show. I'd be jumping around and crack, you know? So, uh, even then I fixed it, you know, at Frankenstein, I think a bunch of times replaced the pick guard so many times and, uh, never replaced the, the, uh, pickups cause they were, they, they were great. They sound good. Uh, yeah. What are you gonna do? And you know, I never had an issue with that thing. It sounded amazing, but then you know, disappeared. Uh, so my, you know, my next base uh, was a what was it? A, a Fender. It was actually a Fender Jazz base, uh, a Mexi. Yeah. So um, it had a weird tone to it, um, and I, you know, initially I didn't notice it, and I liked it. Uh, but then I was uh, go. I started going to MI, and I needed to buy a new base. So I, I had the opportunity to buy a new base. Uh, so I just, you know, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to buy another P base. And that's what, that's when I got the black one, uh, with the rosewood neck. And, uh, that one's a California made, um, uh, fender. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard that thing. I played it. I felt it. And I was like, I cannot play that jazz bass anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and I, I really didn't after that, you know, I kind of just put it in its case and yeah. made sure it was good and had it as a backup when right. we went on tour and, uh, but you know, you just can't beat that, that P bass sound, man. It's, yeah, it's, man. It's, and that's why, that's why this thing right here exists. This, this, yeah, I was noticing that dude. Yeah. Yeah. That, that thing's a beauty. I'm primarily a guitar player, but I, I, I just recently, like before, just before that one, I bought a used, uh, short scale, um, Squire speaking of Squire. Okay. And the thing sounds great, but I, uh, I got playing the short scale and I thought short scale is great entry for being a guitar player to playing bass because it's a shorter neck, shorter yeah. scale. But I, I just, I wanted something full scale, right? And like about a month yeah. after I bought that one, I, I bought this guy here. Just, this is like off Amazon. Like I didn't even, I really? know, yeah, it's a Mexican and I know, I know that they, they're going to play great. Um, I went to the local music store. Amazon had a better deal. So I just ordered it online. It's not perfect. It needs a little bit of setup work and stuff like that, which I still have to get around to doing. But it's Mexican made. It sounds great. It feels awesome. Like the maple neck, like on those and the maple yeah. word. It just, you know what I mean? For basses, it's got to be a fender for me. I love them. I just love them. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've toyed with going with something else. Uh, funny enough, when I met my wife, she, she already had, a, what was it, an Ibanez? Uh, I don't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in my kid's room. But, excuse me. Um, it was like, uh, it had an activated pickup, so mm-hmm. you had to put the battery yeah. in it. Yeah. Pain in the ass. I had a really deep tone. It was really cool, but the feel was just so weird. It felt like a toy. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, what was it? Pat, uh, Pat gave me an old, uh, what was it? A music man. Uh, I don't, I think it was a stingray, but it yep. was a short scale. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it needed a lot of work. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to play with it. I replaced the strings on it and I played with it for a little bit. And I was just like, it's too heavy. You know, it's like, it's, it's way too heavy. It sounds cool. Yeah, I they love sound the good. Sound yeah. Of those. yeah, they sound amazing. But for, for, you know, for recording, I think I'd be able to, you know, play a music man. Mm-hmm. But for, for playing live, I couldn't do it. Because uh, the, the, at least the one I have, the, the Fender P-Bass, uh, the balance on it is just so perfect. 
you know, it, the, the body is not too heavy. The neck is not too light yep. or, or too heavy. Cause then, you know, That's uh, right. I've had a, yep. what was it? A, a Dan, I had a Dan Electro, uh, one of those like shitty ones and the, the body weighed like two pounds <laughs> yeah. and the neck weighed like 10. It's just so anytime I, yeah, exactly. Anytime I'd let it go, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. And not to mention it looked, you know, you know, ridiculous. It was sparkling. And yeah, everything. yeah. Sounded yeah. great. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's one of those things where it sounded great, but I just couldn't play it live. Yeah. Um, it did have an activated pickup or an active pickup. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, you know, it sounded great, but I always go back to that Fender Peters, and I think you know, if and when I have uh, you know the opportunity to buy another bass, um, I, I'm gonna buy another bass, yeah. another Fender Peters. Yeah. You know? But it's going to be something that looks different, obviously. I, I've always yeah. wanted a maple neck like that one. Yeah. Um, you know, because the feel of it is just something different. They're you know? awesome. The maple neck yeah. the maple neck and, and fretboard is such a nice feel on any Fender, whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's a guitar or a bass. Like, for me, if it's a Fender, it, it should... And it's funny, because I have a, a Strat, too, but it's it's got a, a Rosewood fretboard. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I wish it had a maple board, but it, I, just, I bought it used, and it was a great deal, and I was like, fuck, I should buy that, but... For me, like, there's nothing like playing a, a strat with a maple uh, fretboard. They, they have it, like you said, it has a nice feel to it. Yeah. People say it yeah. affects the tone. I don't know. I don't really hear a big. Uh, to be honest, I don't really hear a big difference. For me, it's like an aesthetic thing and a feel thing. You know. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I I, I agree that it does change the tone. I, yeah. I I mean, I don't I don't think it changes it that much, but it's definitely enough that it's you know it's it's almost like a warmer tone. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I like I said, I've never had one. I've played yeah. them. Yeah, but I can definitely feel it, the the difference, and I, that's why I've always wanted to get one. Yeah, uh, and but I, you know, I've always imagined because you know, being on tour and playing, uh, playing the places that we played before, uh, you know, I had a lot of beer and spit and blood just spilled all over, and you know, the parts that you can actually see, I always cleaned off, but yeah. the majority of my face <laughs> is dark. Yeah. So you know, when I would bring it out into light, I realized it was just caked in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the fretboards, and I'm like, oh god, I gotta clean this. I can't imagine how bad it would look on a, on a maple, you know. I would obviously it would force me to clean my face. That's it. You see it more, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and take care of it, obviously. But, but sometimes that uh, stuff yeah. adds to the tone, though, man. Too like you get like grime in the pickups of like guitars, but guitar yeah. or bass, and it adds to the tone. Like it changes the way yeah. the things sound, right? Sometimes for the better. Yeah, and sometimes for the worst. And sometimes for the worst. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there was a couple of times where after a tour, I'd go and clean all the gunk off of it, and uh, there was definitely a crisper tone. Yeah. After. Oh yeah, I believe yeah. it. I believe yeah. it. Soaking up all those vibrations, right? All the grime. Yeah. Yeah, goes. man. You never notice it. You know, you don't really <laughs> think about that kind of stuff. But you know, when 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 uh, Mike's spitting beer up in the air every night for for two weeks straight. And you're, it's landing all over you. You never realize that, hey, you should probably wipe down your, your instrument every once in a while. In the pre-corona <laughs> days where everybody was, could spit yeah. and not feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> in the before days. Huh? So you ran... Yeah. So you you were... Obviously, you, you lived very close to where like MI was because you were only half hour mm-hmm. out of LA, which was, I think, MI... Where is like the main MI like campus, if, you, if that's what it's even called? Is it right in like downtown LA? No, that's actually in, in Hollywood. On, oh, okay. on Hollywood, uh, it should still be there. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, on Hollywood and Highland, actually, yeah, they've expanded. You know, a ton. They bought oh, really? a bunch of building, a bunch of buildings around there, and and they have different campuses for different um, programs. Oh, yeah. nice. So yeah, because the central building was right off of Hollywood and Highland, and uh, so yeah, so we were right in the heart of it, uh, right next to the Scientology building. 
So we got, <laughs> you know, we got accosted by those guys quite a bit. Oh, I believe it. Uh, I ran into the the kid from uh, the Sandlot, the, the you know the catcher. Uh, yeah, Porter. Porter is he? Is a, that was the name. Is yeah. he a Scientologist? He's, uh, is uh, maybe still is, but definitely was. <laughs> uh, he would sit out there on those tables and uh, you know and and try to get you to re- buy oh the book. Oh my god! And, and and do the what do you call it the uh, the the test that weird test that you'd have to hold the oh yeah the fucking metal the metal rod. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do they call that? I don't know. I, I I know exactly what you mean, but I don't know what yeah. the thing is called. But I've yeah. definitely seen that before. Yeah, so he would do that, and he'd be there like every other day. But I remember the first time I, I walked out, we were walking out of class, and we were probably walking to my car to go, you know, smoke a joint before yeah. the next class. And uh, we're walking by, and I see him, and I'm like, "Hey, hey, you're the guy from Samba." And he goes, "Hey, yeah, how you doing?" And I, and I was like, "Hey, man, nice to meet you." And he goes, "He goes, hey, have you ever heard of Scientology?" And I was like, mm, "Yes and no," and yes, I just yeah. walked away. <laughs> That's the <laughs> and right I just answer. kept going. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I felt, felt kind of bad, but you know, I was well, not going to be a part of that. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you can't feel bad for that shit. Like, come on, yeah, man. you're right. I hate. Like, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a religious guy, at, like at all. I grew up Catholic, but like nowadays, like organized religion, just and no offense, to anyone that listens to this, if anyone's listening that is religious, to each his own. But what I can't stand, and what I could never stand about organized religion, was how much it's pushed on you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. My wife and I have that conversation oh. all like daily. Yeah, makes me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Why is yeah, she, is she that, religious herself? No, 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 she's not. No, no, she's just like me. She's just like okay. us. Yeah. Uh, we definitely don't, you know, we're, we're, we don't knock anybody's faith. You right. Know, to each their own, like you said. Yeah. Uh, my, I grew up very Catholic. My mom, my mom was, you know, still is very, you know, sure. uh, Catholic, doesn't go to church and you know, doesn't do all that anymore. But um, she definitely still reads the Bible every yeah. night and, and, you know, prays every night. So yep. does all that stuff. Uh, so a little bit of that is ingrained in me. Um, but, you know, once I was old enough to realize, you know, sitting in church, you know, with her mm-hmm. and realizing like, why, you know, why is this guy like trying to push all this stuff on us? Like, I don't, I don't understand this. And I had that conversation with her and she was like, if you don't want to go to church anymore and you, you know, you don't want to believe this stuff, that's fine. That's all, that's up to you. So I was like, all right, then I'm not going to church anymore. And that was it. You know, that was the end of it. And she respected that. Yep. Um, and I appreciate that because, you know, like for the most part, I always look, I always thought that it was just very oppressive and, and, you know, uh, just, you know, not open, you know, to anything. And, and, you know, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, music that I was listening to at that point or whatever, but I, you know, I was just a very open-minded person and, you know, I had a, a huge array of different friends, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't trying to, you know, put anybody down for any sort of reason. And I, I always got that from any kind of religion, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, any kind of religion can turn you into some kind of an, uh, some kind of an extremist. Sure. You know, and and to have that much dedication to something like that, it was it, it really it scared me. Yeah. At, at that young of an age. Yeah. And so I I never wanted to be a part of anything like that. Right. Uh, same with my wife too, because uh, she grew up in a very Christian family, <clears throat> and that was pushed on her a lot on her dad's side of the of the family. And um, you know, when she was old enough to move out, and and she moved to, to Vegas for college, and you know. You go to Vegas, Sin City, you know, there's no, there's no hiding what goes on there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she came back with a whole different perspective and was like, you know, I'm, this is dumb. You, yeah. know? Uh, I, you guys can practice whatever you want, but I'm not going to, you know, force my, you know, religious beliefs on anybody. So, yep. yeah, you know? that's how I felt too. I mean, I remember being like a kid, like, like little, little kid in church with, with my class and like listening to the priest and being like, what, what are we doing here? Like they are, yeah. I remember 
realizing at a very young age that they were trying to scare the shit out of us into doing what they wanted us to do. Yeah. It really had nothing yeah. to do with being a good person because you can be a good person. I remember thinking, why do I have to come into these four walls once, once a week to be a good person? I don't. I am a good person. Yeah. I knew at a young age, yeah. I, I tried hard to be a good person. Of course, everybody grows. Mm-hmm. Everyone's shittier when you're younger than you are when you're older because you, you learn as you go. You make mistakes and you learn, you know what I mean, right from wrong as you go. And, but I remember thinking, they are trying to scare us into being good, you know, good, quote unquote good. And, yeah. I, and I always hated that. And as soon as I got to high school, I said to my parents, like, and my dad didn't give a shit, but my mom was like, you know, you need to keep going. Like, you're going to go, you're going to public school, but you're going to stay Catholic. And I was like, nope, not going ever again. Don't ask me to go again. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I haven't been. Like, I, I go for weddings <clears throat> and funerals and whatever else, right? But that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, I, I feel the same way, man. I, I 100% yeah. feel the same way. And I was fortunate enough to have, have parents. Like, like same with you. My dad didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he didn't care. He never went to church with us anyway. Yeah, me too. Uh, but my, my mom was, you know, very understanding when mm-hmm. I decided to, to, you know. Uh, you know, and my brother and sister are the same. You know, they're older than I am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when they decided that they didn't want to, you know, keep going to church with all of us, yeah. she was okay with it. So. Sure. Absolutely. And that's great. That's, that's, that's good parenting. Like uh, as it should be, you should be allowed at some point to make your own decisions based on what you've learned. You know what I mean? Along the way. Yeah. Yeah. We got a little bit off, uh, off course from MI there. Oh yeah. Religion, but... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> so sorry. you, you went to MI, what, what year did you start there? Do you know, remember? Um, yes. I want to say it was, um, fall of 05. Oh, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Fall of, of 04. Yeah. I graduated in, in 2004 and yep. Uh, immediately started there. Nice. Uh, I think maybe like three months later. So, so yeah. You, so so you knew exactly what you wanted to do coming out of high school. I mean, not really. No. <laughs> no, I, I think that was a part of that decision actually because I just didn't want to pull the trigger on anything uh, that wasn't, you know, music or art. And I got lucky enough to find uh, someone that you know recruited me into going to MI, mm-hmm. and you know my parents helped me out a lot with with the tuition and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, I, obviously if you're able to pay, you get accepted. So, uh, I send in the application and they're like, yeah, you can start. And so that, you know, it was, it was kind of like, a, it was kind of on a whim almost, you know, it, cause I didn't, I didn't want to go to regular college. And I think, cause at that point I hadn't done any research and I just wasn't planning on going to college. I just, I just wanted to work. And, you know, my parents were not having that, yeah. um, you know, cause both my brother and sister went to college and, and my brother ended up going for graphic design and my sister ended up going uh, for public relations first, I think, and then ended up going for, for teaching. So now she's nice. a teacher. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And uh, she's been doing it for a while. Uh, but, you know, they were like, you have to do something. You can't just not go to school. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, we don't get it. We don't yeah. understand why you don't want to do it. Now, obviously it's a little different. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 So I, I, I kind of used that as a scapegoat and I was like, I'm going to go to music school. If you're going to make me go to school then, and, and they're like, okay, then, then that's fine. So, you know, and I'm grateful for that every day of my life. Cause had that not happened, I would never have joined Murderland uh, mm-hmm. or murder, Murderland probably would never have existed. Maybe it would have, but not, not in this, uh, not in this sense. Right, right. And then, uh, and then I would never have met my, my wife, and my son would never have been born, because I met my wife uh, through Murderland. Because um, she actually grew up with Pat and Mike oh. up north in Davis. And yeah. they had known each other. Yeah, Pat and her had known each other for a really long time. And Mike, uh, her and Mike definitely like had you know uh, crossed paths, but weren't as much of friends as her and Pat. So Pat knew my wife since... They were kids, 
before before I met her, and then mm-hmm. she came around, and started hanging out with our group of friends. So yeah, so had had uh, MI never happened, I wouldn't have met Jeff Coe. I wouldn't have met uh, the original guitar player. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have met Mike, and and uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about it. Think about that every once in a while. Who did you meet first there then? Uh, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, Je- Jesco. Uh, we used to call him uh, Jesco the Goon when he was in the band. Um, yeah, I met him because uh, he saw me doing one of those. Uh, I think it was a, a, a life playing workshop, and it was when you got with a random group of uh, uh, musicians, <clears throat> and you had to play a song that would you know be a signed song for the week of the day. And uh, I think I played like some punk song. I don't know what it was. Probably, probably like a strung out song. Mm. Uh, what, what would it? Maybe a Green Day song. Uh, but anyway, so he happened to be there because he was playing guitar for that one, obviously, because he was in the punk mm-hmm. and um, looking for a bass player and just, you know, was like, hey, shoot, I'm going to hit him up mm-hmm. and happened to catch me on the way out and was like, hey, um, I have this demo, uh, you know, like, uh, would you be interested in joining like a punk band? It's, it's a really shitty demo. Like, you know, just it's just kind of an idea of what the songs are going to be like. We haven't had anybody like to play with. So uh give it a listen man like you know uh we'd like to play with you i i, I dig your style you're really good and and you know i you know i don't exactly remember what he said but uh some you know the just that was the gist of it and um i was like all right man and it happened to be like a friday I think. and so so he's like all right man i'll see you, i'll see you on monday you know let me know what you think so <clears throat> you know i had the homework to go home and listen to that and i you know got in my truck and i mm-hmm. threw it in the threw it in the, on the seat left it there and didn't listen to it all weekend. <laughs> didn't touch it. And so come Monday, I walk in and, and, uh, he catches me in the hallway or something and, uh, or probably over by the cafe. And right. he's like, Hey, Hey, Je- Jerry, uh, did you happen to listen to that, to the demo? What'd you think? You know? And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I, I didn't even listen to it, man. And he's like, Oh, and he, and I could just feel like I could tell that he was so deflated. Yeah. And he, I was like, oh, man, I felt so bad, you know? Uh, and he's like, oh, man. He's like, come on, man. You know, can you listen to it today? And I was like, all right, dude, I promise you I will listen to it on the way home. It's in my truck. Uh, on my commute home, I'll listen to it. I promise. And he's like, yeah, it's only like two or three songs. You know, it won't take you long. And I was like, all right, yeah, 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 for sure. So, you know, we left. And on my way home that night, uh, I put it in. I was like, I have to do it. I just got to do it. Just, <laughs> you know, just to humor him, whatever. I throw it in, and it's the shittiest sounding demo i've ever heard but the song caught my attention yeah you know and it was it was october sky um three sixes and that's all romance i think is what it was three of my favorites man yeah yeah dude three of the originals man and three of my favorites too actually uh and they were just so you know they were bad but I could I could hear that there was like a diamond in the rough there yep. in all three of those all three of those songs and I was like, this sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to play live. Yeah. Like if if we did a little refining and and you know I, I kind of chipped in a little bit like I think this could be a lot of fun. So immediately called him after I listened to the whole thing and was like, hey dude, uh, I just listened to it. I'm into it. Like when do you want to practice? And he's like, oh man, that's awesome. He's like, all right, after after school tomorrow, we'll uh, come over to my place. I live right across the street. Um, and I'll, 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 you know, show you the rest of the songs, uh, that I have. And, you know, I think Mike will be there. So you'll get to meet Mike. So this, this was actually the first time I met Mike. Uh, uh, cause that story that he told was, was accurate. It was hundred percent accurate, but we had already met maybe one or two times prior, but we hadn't been able to hang out. Um, 
So, you know, I walk into his shitty little two bedroom apartment that he's sharing with another guy and Mike had just moved in and sleeping on the couch. And uh, he's got his whole like set up there in the couch and, uh, excuse me. And he, um, you know, I walk in and he's sitting there and he goes, Hey, what's up, man? He's like, what's going on? Uh, we introduce ourselves and, you know, he start they start going over the song. So like Jesco picks up his, uh, his acoustic, Mike starts singing a couple of songs and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. And I, I had all my gear with me, um, except an app. Yeah. I never took an app to work. To right. School. Right. And, um, so I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let me just like figure it out. And I'm like, you know, watching the root notes and mm-hmm. we just start, it just naturally kind of clicked and, and it just, you know, we played a couple of songs and they were happy and I was happy. And I was like, all right, I, I can do this. I, you know, I'm into it. I, I was already playing in another band at that point, a high right. school band, but, but it was kind of fleeting at that point. Cause everybody was going separate directions yeah. and, and, you know, and, uh, um, there was very you know, very few practices. There were few and far between. Right. And, uh, you know, at that point I had realized that, you know, we're probably not going to make it much further. So I should <laughs> yeah. probably look for another band or start another band or something. And it just so happened to work out like that. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, after that, it was just like, we just started hanging out every day, you know, we'd meet nice. up for lunch, we'd hang out between classes. And, um, then that, that we went and did that recording with, uh, one of his, uh, uh, friends that he made, um, who was in the recording program. So she was like, she was working on a project and needed to, you know, put together a rec- uh, or, or record a whole group or something. And Jesse's like, Oh, we have a few songs. We'll play them. And, and, you know, uh, you can record us and, you know, give us a demo and then you can turn that in as your project yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was kind of like, we'll scratch, you scratch our back. We'll scratch yours. Sure. And so we, we went and did it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> I don't remember turning it turning out as bad as, as he said, but yeah, I probably did. Uh, Cause I remember uh, him being pretty upset and, and her being, you know, twice, as, <laughs> twice as mad. <laughs> uh, but, you know, had that never happened, you know, yeah. Mike and I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been the bros that we are now, you know? Oh, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's know? And, had that, and, and had that been Jesse go with me to get those, to get that weed and, and yeah. you know, get the, drink those uh, Mickey's grenades with him. Uh, maybe we'd be the you know the closer bros, but well, that's it. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Like that story that he told was was great because it was such a great introduction into like because I know you guys are close just based on you know what I see on his Instagram and and um, you know like even Polly like when she shares stuff like stories like I know your kids are always together. What's your little guy's name? I didn't I didn't catch it. His name is Jackson. Jackson uh, Jackson, da- Jackson Danger Gonzalez. Danger yeah, so is his middle name. Danger is really his middle name. Yeah, that's amazing. That's right. Tattooed right here. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> You're gonna—he's gonna have to give you a dad of the a dad of the year like award at some point for that, or dad of the. Yeah, yeah. once he embraces it, yeah, I don't. He doesn't—he doesn't realize how cool it is yet. He will. Hopefully he does too. Yeah, he will. He's young yet. He's a youngin. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that like she shares. You know, I, I can tell how close you guys are. And when he told me how you guys met, I was like, well, of, of course they're close. If that's how they started off their relationship, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? What a better way to get to know somebody. Like, yeah. There's no better way. Yeah. I was like, man, these guys love punk rock and, and smoke weed and drink beer. Like, right up my alley, man. Well, he made me laugh yeah. when he said, like, yeah, like, uh, uh, Jesse knows some guy that, uh, you know, drinks beer and smokes a lot of weed. And I'm like, great. Does he also play bass? <laughs> <I was like>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, definitely how it went It's down. a perfect description. I was like, yeah, it's, it's sometimes that's, that stuff's more important at times. You know what I mean? That someone meshes <laughs> with you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That chemistry, you got to make sure it's there first. Big time, big time. Um, so, okay, so then 
So now you meet these guys. I can't believe those were the first three songs that Murderland ever had because those are li- literally three of my favorites. Like I just heard three sixes again yeah. for the hundredth hundredth time, and it's amazing. Like what a what a cool song yeah. that is. Um, yeah, and and both uh, three sixes and Hacksaw Romance didn't weren't on the first record. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were weren't on until the second one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I forget now how Josh. Oh no, so Josh came in. You guys had the original drummer. Something yeah, happened yeah. with so, him. Tommy, Tommy was the original drummer. And, right, uh, right. Yeah, and then Josh was. I was already friends with Josh for a little bit. Yeah, because you guys were going to MI at the same about the same time, right? Because you guys are the same age, so you would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I think I met Neil first because uh, he was in the bass program. He had just yeah. started. Um, and then it was him, uh, this girl that happened to actually be one of his ex girlfriends, um, and and Neil, and we were like the three punk bros that were all into the same stuff everyone else was into different things and right. we just all happened to like you know be able to connect on that level um and neil was like oh yeah i moved here with my band and you know it's, it's me my buddy mike uh uh my buddy josh and uh my buddy tim and you know we we all play in a band that's like super kind of like strung outy and, and you know uh kind of you know new metal punkish you know mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting like yeah i'd love to listen to it and you know, we just hit it off, you know, and then we tried to play some shows with them, but I don't, I don't think that ever happened. I think they broke up before the, uh, before the first or second show or something like that. <laughs> uh, but you know, we all still remain friends and they all still remain friends. And, yeah. Um, you know, we played with different bands that they ended up starting and, and playing in and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, no, I met, I met Neil first, I want to say, and then, and then I met Josh. I see. And then, you know, it just so had like, you know, the, you've heard the story probably like, twice already <laughs> that uh you know tommy just wasn't cutting it and yeah. um and josh was already kind of gunning for his position which i was already kind of grooming him for that sure. but you know? yeah so i was like nah, i get along with this guy way more you know mm. like yeah and he's into the same kind of things that we are so it's gonna it's gonna you know it's gonna work out a lot better for all of us yeah yeah and so. you know what it really does look like that like in like you know I, like i sent you in the sort of the notes for you know, mm-hmm. for anyone that mm-hmm. listens to this, they should already know that I send the guests some notes ahead of time so we can kind of prepare so we're not struggling for what to talk about. But uh, one of the things I really noticed that I that I mentioned to yourself and to Josh and Mike was that how well you guys seem to um, get along, like on stage. Like, the chemistry seems to be really good there. And obviously you're all great musicians, but it takes more than being good musicians to get along and, and, and have a good time playing in a band. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. of good bands out there that can't stand each other that, you know, make good music together, but can't stand each other you guys look like you're having fun has it always been that way like right since the start like uh, has everyone always got along really famously since this current lineup has got together yeah man uh i, I want to say yeah since the beginning i mean uh you know there was a there was a few times there you know on tour that we definitely had our hiccups and stuff but but um for the most part no we've all just gotten along so well and i think that's why we've all just you know kept this thing alive for so long um you know i, I feel like other any other bands that didn't get along as well as we did would uh would just kind of fizzle out or or force it to the point where it just it blows up yeah um but for us it's just very natural you know yeah. it's like it, it, it murderland is its own entity and it'll always be there regardless of, of uh whether or not we want it to <laughs> well i hope so because i mean like mike was I, I and i think he was kind of half joking when he said it, but he's like murderland's been something i've tried to kill a, a number of times and nobody will let me quite do it and and I, I really hope that's not the case. Like, because uh, a lot of yeah. bands, like you said, there's a lot of good bands that, as soon as they stop working together or making music on a regular basis or meeting on a, re- they just fizzle out and they stop making tunes. But Murderland yeah. feels like they've been 
the the records and EPs are are like spread out, but they're still coming out. And uh, I know you know I know you guys are actually working on some new material right now, a couple of different projects. Um, so I'm really hoping that Merlin doesn't fizzle out because like like I said, I just discovered you guys, and I am a huge fan. Like I think the music is it's, awesome, it's man. smart, you. you know it. what I mean, and it's catchy and like it. I I really hope you guys get some big attention one day from, and I know you guys are on Pat's label. I'm not trying to, <laughs> not trying to yeah. shit on Pat's label yeah. on Irish Records, but uh, I really hope you guys get some major label attention because I think like there's a lot there that is being neglected. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you, man. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like I'm a fan of the band too. Um, you know, because like I said, I, I I you know I I am one of the founding members, and it feels weird saying that because to me it, it was Jesse and Mike. Uh, you know, and I will always look at them as the, you know, the founders of murder. Yeah. And I just happened to come in like, you know, close to the beginning. Yeah. But, but they were the, really, you were the first yeah. bass player. So you're, you are a yeah. founding member. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's yeah. not. Uh... No, no, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I definitely have to like, you know, remind myself of that. Yeah. I, I've been there since the beginning and yeah, totally. I am a founding member. Uh, but you know, but those guys are the ones that, that, you know, you know, drew me in with, with their talent really. You know, they they wrote some really fucking catchy tunes, and that turned into really great songs. Fucking right. And uh, and I loved playing them, and that's really what it comes down to. Well, initially was what it came down to was I just loved playing those songs with them because they were so much fun to play live, and uh, I never had that opportunity. Uh, you know, I I had my own band in high school, and I played with the, you know a lot of good friends growing up and stuff. But yeah, um, you know, I just always felt like my 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 music my songs that i wrote and, and lyrics that i wrote but kind of lackluster i i always loved being a presence on stage and i loved contributing in that aspect but i always felt like i could do i could step it up a little i just didn't have that yeah that fire um but when i met mike i was like holy crap like i would love to be you know i not necessarily background to him but you know i'd love to be in his band and yeah. and be like a presence on his stage oh yeah you know it, yeah, because he's 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 a he's a front man. Like if there was ever anybody who's a front man, it's Mike Murder. Oh yeah. And uh he puts on a show every single time. No matter what he does, whenever he's speaking, he commands your attention. Oh yeah. And and you know, I've always wanted to be on some kind of platform like that, whether it was like live or recorded or whatever. Yeah. Where I had some someone that was bringing in all the attention and all I you know, all I needed to do was just contribute my my part of it. Yeah. And, you know, and to, to make it whole or whatever, mm -hmm. but really it was just, just to have fun, you know, just to go up there and, and be able to do what I like to do and not worry about, you know, someone not being able to keep up or, yeah. or, or me just going over the top or whatever. Cause like everybody, everybody in Murderland, Murderland, uh, you know, try not try to one up each other, but makes everybody bring it up that much harder. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, like I, I, especially with Josh and I, like whenever, you know, we're, we're in a, certain part of a song and <clears throat> we're just headbanging. I turn around and look at him, see where he's at just so I can gauge like how, how gnarlier I need to, you know, be moving or, or crazier I need to be getting. Uh, and you know, it, it, it's the same with, uh, with like Tony, I'll look over at Tony and he'll look at me and he'll see that I'm, you know, just, you know, headbanging yeah. like crazy and he'll just get right into it. Come over to me, like wipe his sweat on my arm and, you know, <laughs> yeah, just kind of do some silly shit. Uh, and we all just kind of, you know, try to, amp each other up to do uh, to bring a little more to the table sure and you know every single show is like that it's yeah. always been like that since day one you know and and that's you know that's 
it feels that's like that's murder key. Land to me. Yeah, it feels yeah. like that's key for you guys. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and like I like I told you like ahead of this of the podcast, like it really does look like you guys are having a blast every time you play. Mm-hmm. Like that the first thing I I've said this again in the in the Mike's episode and Josh's episode, the first thing I really saw of you guys was the um the uh, Bridge City sessions, the live performance. Okay. And yeah. I was like, oh man, those holy were great. Those fuck. Were fun. I was like, these guys rip and they look like they're having fun. Like everybody yeah. looked like they were having a great time that whole way. Yeah, it was a fucking blast, man. Yeah. That was that was a really cool setting uh and an experience to to be in you know it was, it, i'd never done anything like that before in my life yeah um and i'd, I'd watched all of my friends and favorite bands do it yeah for years yeah. and i was i was always like oh man if murderland ever gets the opportunity to do that that'd be so much fun to, to do and it just happened to work out you know and, and you know fortunately uh we were able to get that and the world hadn't shut down right before right, you know, <laughs> right, right. after thanks to us yeah, uh yeah uh and you know it, it worked out perfectly, you know. And then you heard the stories about us being all sick and everything, obviously. Yeah. Um, and how it almost didn't happen. Yeah. Literally, like the night before, we almost didn't do it. Um, but I'm so happy that we did. Just, oh shit! Yeah. It not only was it so much fun because you know, like I said, every time we play something, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Um. Uh. It sounded amazing. So good. So good. Yeah. Those those guys killed it, man. Oh yeah. And. Yeah, you guys killed it. You guys played amazing. Like (laughs) I listen, I listen to that stuff so closely. Mike said the same thing. Like, oh, I got to pull the curtain back, and I went, oh shit, he's gonna tell me that, you know, they they overdubbed or they played later or something like that. Right? No, no, they they weren't about that, man. No, No. and and like I'm like they, I I listen to those parts. I'm one of these guys that like listens to. I try to separate every instrument and listen to everything. Right, every time I hear something Mm -hmm. like that, especially Mm -hmm. if it's a live performance, and that's why I like that one so much because. It is live, but when I listen and try to really pick out all, all the parts, they're all tight. They're all good. You know what I mean? And that's why, yeah. like, right away, I was like, I love these guys. They're catchy. They're great musicians. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just, you guys check all the boxes for me. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, it, it definitely helped that we had been playing the, the you know, the night prior and uh, the couple nights prior, you know, yeah. it kind of warmed us up. Because sure. usually, you know, I always joke about how, like, the first couple of shows on a tour sound kind of, you know, iffy. But by the last show, we just sound so fucking tight and yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. That, like, I'm like, shit, we should just start the tour now. <laughs> you know, like, just keep, keep the tour going. Like, shit. Uh, but, yeah, no, it, it, it definitely helped that we're, we're a little warmed up, you know, before oh, that. Oh, for sure, man. Um, you can always tell touring bands. Like, we saw a Wilhelm scream a couple years back. The summer before the pandemic hit, I think. Okay. And um, they played with a local band here called Frank Dukes, who I'm I'm friendly with. And... Um, and and so I got some tickets through those guys and went to go check them out. And like I'm not, I won't say I'm the biggest Wilhelm Scream fan. I like Wilhelm Scream, but I'm not like a huge fan. But fuck, are they ever tight live? And it's because they yeah, tour their key, asses man. off. They tour yeah. their asses off. You know, yep. and it shows. Yeah, and, and and there's bands that tour their asses off and still sh- you know sound well, like shit. Yeah, but <laughs> if you're a half decent band and you tour a lot, you're gonna be super tight by the end. Of yeah, it. how can you yeah. not be? You're playing the same songs every single night for sometimes a month or however long the tour is, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. I, know I mean, this... give, give, give Murderland like three shows and we'll be nice and tight. Well, that's what part. I was going to say. So I know this last tour, the, the last tour you guys did when you when you ended up at the Bridge City Sessions was only three, basically three dates, right? Yeah. According yeah. to Mike. So, yep. um, but have you guys been on like longer tours? That's one thing I really haven't got into with Josh and, and Mike, like talking about Murderland. Have you guys been on many like long tours? Not many, but yeah, we've been, uh, I've been on two longer tours. And and they went on the third one without me. Uh, that was right when Jackson right. was born. Um, but yeah, the the first one was about oh, I want to say it was like three weeks, maybe three yeah. and a half. 
and then the second one was just over two mm-hmm. for me. Okay. So I think the other one was just uh, it was just over two for them too. So yeah, so those tours aren't super long, so only a couple of weeks. So you yeah, it must be like pretty easy to get along with you with each other when you're only out on the road that long, I suppose. Eh? Like you and I, you guys have never really had any big quarrels, or have you out on the road? No, maybe like one or two, uh, but even then it was nothing nothing crazy. Yeah, um, I think if we definitely spent more time uh, on the road together, there would there would have been a few more. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, but but maybe not, you know. I mean, we get along so freaking well, dude. It's just, uh, I, I, you know, there's hardly any time that I'm ever pissed at those dudes for any reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like they, they may be pissed at me for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, whatever. I never say anything, so whatever. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I, it's pretty tough to be. I feel like it'd be pretty tough to be angry at Mike for any reason. You're, you seem like a very cool guy. Josh seems like y'all. He, he just wants to smoke weed and have a good time all the time. So it's. I can't imagine anyone being angry at anyone, but I know from talking with Josh uh, on the last episode, um, or on his episode, I should say, that, uh, you know, it's not always, you know, roses, right? It's, there's always, there's going to be some times where... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. there was, I can think of one instance, uh, I want to, it might, it might have been the first tour, can't remember. Uh, yeah, no, it was definitely the first tour, because uh, we were on our way to Arizona, and we were going to spend the night at his sister's house. And, uh, it was, it was after the show it was really late. And, uh, I want to say it was like one or two in the morning or maybe, maybe later, but it was still like a hundred degrees outside. And it, but yeah, it was just fucking ridiculous, just dry growth. And, you know, we're on the way there. Everybody's had it, you know, we're just completely exhausted. And, uh, I think Mike was just bugging josh and i i can't remember the details but josh just lost it oh no and and him and mike just go off on each other and <laughs> you know i start yelling for whatever reason he like he's driving too mind you and he's just like slams on the brakes and he's like oh, i'm not gonna fucking go anywhere and and uh, it was just fucking stupid and we, <laughs> we all find i think pat or tony or, or jesse at, at that point i can't remember who was with him. it was probably jesse actually yeah um, he, he was like, "You guys are being fucking idiots! Like you're acting like kids! Like grow the fuck up! Let's yeah. get to let's get to our bed so we can go to sleep." Which which didn't end up going well because the house was like 20 degrees hotter than it was outside, oh. and there was no air conditioning. And, oh, it was just so bad! It was bad. And I was sleeping on a leather couch. Like, oh. oh, I'll never forget that fucking day. That's ugly. <laughs> but that I mean that was like the extent of it, really, man. I can I know I've gotten into arguments with with Mike, you know, drunken arguments, and who hasn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, because Mike, Mike likes to argue as much as he likes to talk. So, mm. uh, you, you know, <laughs> uh, after a good, you know, few drinks at a at a show, and you know, right. he gets nice and you know, he'll he'll definitely not know when to when to stop talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we've all, you know, it, it's funny because we've gotten into more fights as a band, uh, like with other people, than we have together. Oh, really? Uh, with each other, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like there's there's been a couple of times where Mike Mike has gotten uh, tackled by a bouncer, and I've had to Josh and I have both had to jump off the stage and Jesus and jump jump on a bouncer to get him off Mike. <laughs> you know, that sounds so that, insane. That was, well, why would oh, anyone yeah. want to tackle Mike? Like he must have been. Uh, Mike was, you know, he knows how to get rowdy. <laughs> I was yeah, gonna he, say he, 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 he might have been a little bit uh, under some influences, maybe. Oh, we all were. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, and it, it, you know, drunken bar shows, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. It, it just give us any excuse. 
Well, yeah, they always joke like... about like they, you know, I, I grew up in a pretty rough part of part of town, and uh, and they always joke about how like I'm always ready and down for a fight. And, <laughs> well, and it's and it's but, something to be said when it's when it's your bandmates too, right? I mean, like, oh I, yeah, they're they're, they're, yeah. they're brothers. They're yeah, brothers. Exactly. So it's, you know, I'm not gonna sit there and watch them uh, no. get in a fight. And of course let, and, not not let me be a part of it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it <laughs> comes with the territory, right? That's part of being in that, you know, just like you said, it's a, it's like a band of brothers, you know what I mean? You're in a band, but there that's your family sort of, right? So Yeah. You're yeah. sometimes closer with those people than you are with members of your actual family at times, you know. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no no disrespect to my brother or sister, but yeah, I definitely like yeah. I I can confide in them in different ways that I, you know, I felt like I couldn't with with my family members. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, and, that, and that's not any kind of disrespect to, to my family, right? Because, uh, like I said, I idolized my brother growing up, and I still do. Sure, you know? I still sure. look up to him and, and my sister. But it's a different dynamic, so. for sure. Oh, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's it, there's mm-hmm. things you can tell your friends, some of your close friends that you can't you can't really get into with your family. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's going to yeah. cause problems. As, you know, as we've gotten older, though, we we've, we've definitely opened up. And, yeah, and our relationship and, and dynamic has changed quite a bit, and you know, for the better. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's it, you know. I don't know if it's just me growing up or whatever. Because they're, they're sure. uh, my bro- my brother and sister are closer in age than, than with mm-hmm. each other than they are with me. Right. So it, it, there was a huge generation gap there. Yeah. Well, usually, so. like the baby is like more protected too, right? Like the older siblings really yeah. look after the younger one, but you know sometimes that's not always the case too, right? It's it's families yeah. are such a weird weird thing, you know. And talking to Mike about how how him and Polly are raising uh adler and now seeing like how, like having a booth through your instagram and seeing how you are like with jackson like that parenting style was it, it almost didn't exist when i or if it did i didn't see it growing up you know it's a very no, no it was way rare i grew up you know it was always, it was almost frowned upon if it was you know yeah. if it was known yeah you know, and, they, and they almost looked at those uh, i mean there was definitely like the extreme case where you know there was like the, the party house like the, the family that that uh um, yeah yeah you know didn't care Right. But, you know, but at the same time was also kind of thinking like if they drink here, they're not out on the street. I think, you know, it's a little more responsible. Sure. It's a little more safe for them to be doing it here. But also, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like it's kind of weird for a kid to be drinking in front of his parents. <laughs> it was weird. And, and it call, did... call me old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like everyone, I think everybody feels that way, but everybody had that friend when we were kids. You know what I mean? That, that oh yeah, where we oh, have yeah, that house sure. to go and do those things, and like everybody appreciates it. But then you look back on it as an adult and you go, Jesus, like what the fuck were they letting us do over there? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of a weird oh thing, yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember there was uh, a couple of kids uh, uh, in high school, and I just remember the, them being just so like openly sexually active, and I remember her telling me like, oh yeah, his mom gives us condoms just to make sure that we're being safe. Wow. I'm like, the fuck, my mom won't even let me close the door. That's what I'm like, talking <laughs> about, man. That's what I'm talking about, too. That's exactly how I grew up. Exact same. You know, you and I, like, so, yeah. like uh, clearly, be, growing up Catholic, we have the same kind of, like, family, you know, like, you're, clearly, you're, you're Latin, I'm, I'm Portuguese, so we, we have a lot of these similarities and these values that our parents had, and I was the same exact way. If a girl was over and I even, sh- like, lean that door shut you know bang it'd be pushed open in a second yeah Don't, this door oh yeah stay closed you know oh yeah constantly walking by with the side eye you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah there was no yeah yeah i didn't get away with a lot even your picture i think you recently <laughs> posted something 
on Instagram where you, you had like this suit on and you had a bow tie. Like, you know how many fucking pictures I have of myself wearing a bow tie? What was with our like parents' generation and dressing their kids up in bow ties? It just they like Oh <laughs> uh, actually funny you say that. That's actually Jackson. Oh, that's Jackson. Uh, yeah, that was Jackson like three years ago, four no actually no, that was probably five years ago now. Oh shit. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, you, dude. Yeah, he's my mini me, dude. Yeah, oh my he's God, my I mini. I thought me. that was you. And the picture Jackson. even looks it even looks a little <laughs> bit older. Like the the quality of the photo looked older. That's why I thought it was an old picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you're dressing was, your uh, kid up in the bow tie now. Now you're the parent. Now you're yeah, the guy that I'm making fun yeah. of. Yeah, which I'm sure there's a picture of me in a bow tie or something. <laughs> oh my god. Like that. It was so popular oh, yeah. when we were kids. That was a thing. That right? was uh that was actually for um my brother in law's wedding. Yeah. So, so they all, all the kids had. Oh, like, okay, yeah. Wedding yeah. makes sense. The wedding makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So was he in? The, was, he was in the wedding party then, or like? Yeah, he was one. Of, he was a flower. Yeah. one of the flower kids. Yeah. Then that makes total sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. But I have pictures of myself in a bow tie, like I'm telling you, like going to church, like on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what oh, yeah. Took I, me had, now. I had. I had the actual tie, you know, the white button-up oh, shirt. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got did the the whole communion and everything. Oh yeah, was, so did yeah. I. So did yeah. I. I did all yeah. that shit. You know, right up, right yeah, up. But like I said, once I was old enough to, to realize that I could, you know, escape the grips of Opt the, out. the, the yeah. church, yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. To be a part of this. Totally. Yeah, but plus, all the kids are smoking weed in the bathroom, anyways. Holy like, shit! There's <laughs> 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 all constantly smoke clouds coming out of the bathroom when I walk by. Yeah. Um, we're into our. We're we've already crested over the first hour. We're like in an hour fifteen. So I want to I want to move on a little okay, bit. Okay. Okay. Quickly to more some of the uh, some of the more like. Uh, recording end of stuff that I didn't really talk about with Mike or Josh. I talked about with Josh a bit of the recording for his other band's uh, stuff, their their newest album. But um, the Murderland Splitsville EP, like, it sounds really great. Your bass tone on that is really like it's got a lot of balls. It's very organic. And did you guys mic up a live rig for that? Was that a live rig? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that yesterday uh, on my drive home from work, and I was like trying to remember what the fuck we used for that, and it was. It's so long ago, uh, and I wanted to use that excuse, like, oh, yeah, it's so long ago, I can't remember. But I remember what we used for Prelude. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but I don't remember, because it wasn't, it wasn't ours, I don't think. I think it was something that was in the studio. Yeah. Um, uh, and if it wasn't, it, was, it may have been, like, an, uh, one of those uh, orange, uh, the Terror, yeah. the, the Terror bass. Yeah, yeah. The little tiny yeah, cat. Yeah, the little tiny ones. It might have been that, because um, at that time, uh, I know Neil had one, and... and Pat was trying to buy one, mm-hmm. but I, I was sharing a lot of their stuff because I, I I currently don't have an app and I haven't had an app for a long time. Oh really? Um, yeah, and I just because uh, well one uh, space lockout space mm-hmm. in, in our rehearsal studio, mm-hmm. um, and then two I just didn't have the money to buy one for so long. Yeah, uh, but I actually you know I was thinking about going back and getting one soon mm-hmm. uh, once. Everything's kind of settled down, and I get back to work full time. Yeah, um, yeah, I might reinvest in that, and hopefully we can start playing again. And, well, as an know. adult, though, you know what I've like mm-hmm. noticed is like I, I've got a couple of different guitar amps. I have a little tiny bass amp, one of those little like slim things, like just just for practicing, and it has like a headphone jack, so I can mm-hmm. you know play without a cab and whatever. But really nowadays, like you don't even really need to own like a big giant amp. You just need a practice amp, something loud enough to jam yeah. with friends. And then if you ever play shows or if you go out on a tour, you just rent, right? Like it's so cheap to rent yeah. amps now. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, and we and most of the shows we've ever played have been with with friends or with the bomb pops, right? Um, or we play a show a different night, and you know I just use Neil's amp. Yeah, you know. yeah, 
Sure. Kind of <laughs> Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. You know, well, gear sharing <laughs> I've been doing is, it for so long. Yeah, gear I've been doing it for so real. long. You know, like, sure. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And then on top of that, you know, anytime when we were on tour, um, you know, we would just try to bring the bare minimum. Yep. Um, if we had to bring cabs and everything we did, I think on the first couple we did, uh, but eventually we were like, no, man, let's, just, let's make it easier on ourselves and just use other people's stuff and let's just uh, make sure that we schedule that and, and get that all lined up before we, yeah. you know, get there. Yeah. And it always works out. You know, there may have been a couple of hiccups here and there, but yeah, no, that just makes more sense, you know? Oh, sure. And for the most part, you know, in my experience, you know, people are pretty respectful when it comes to gear. Oh, There's yeah. definitely the, the occasion where, you know, shit gets stolen or damaged or whatever, but yeah. you know, I've always been very respectful of, of other mm-hmm. people's stuff and, and Pat and, and Tony always let, other people use their cabs and right. you know, we've never had, we've, I don't think we've ever had any issues with people, mm-hmm. you know, being jerks and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is kind of the way, the way of like, you know, live music and stuff. Oh, know, sure. Kind of the honor system. Yeah, totally. Like, and, and around here, yeah. like we've, like the band I'm in, we've played a couple of like local shows over the last few years. And it, the one thing that always goes around like nowadays with, with Facebook and all these groups and everything is, is gear share. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how, how do we bring the least amount of gear to the show? Uh, and still all play and get our sound, our own sound, right? So a lot of yeah. times it's sharing cabs, and, and only one mm-hmm. one bass player needs to bring a cab, and one guitar player can bring a 412, you know what I mean, or whatever. And yeah. so it's definitely like that's that's not a, a new idea, but it seems to be like nowadays more than anything, it's it's more popular, you know what I mean? Like it used to be, yeah. we used to haul, we all had 412 cabs. Oh, man. Lug them around yeah. for no reason at all, you know? Yeah, I had a... a what was it? A, a eight by ten? Yeah, the big fridge. <laughs> Behringer, yeah. Oh man, that thing made it to two shows. Now that I was like, I'm fucking getting rid of this. It's thing. backbreaking. <laughs> it's backbreaking. Those yeah. Things. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So I don't remember exactly what we used on Splitsville, uh, but at, on the pre Prelude to Kill album, uh, we used uh, our buddy Nick's Mesa Boogie. It was like this this old vintage Mesa. Um, two band nice. and it fucking had this super gnarly sound to it fucking right, i fell man. in love with it yeah i fell in love with it he lent it to to pat when he played uh when he was playing bass for someone and then pat just kind of kept it inherited it uh and then we recorded with that but we we kind of murdered that thing mm. <laughs> during the recording because we left it on to keep the, the tubes warm yeah yep. and not have to yeah exactly so we just left it on the entire time so like I think it was like two weeks almost. Holy shit. And uh, by the end of the two weeks, I think just fucking croaked. Yeah. And uh, he still has it, I think. I want to say he still has it somewhere in storage, uh, but it needs some work. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if it ever sounds the same, but yeah, I remember that thing for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To, keeping tubes warm is necessary, but two weeks is extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think on. we just kind of forgot it was on. You know? Yeah. We were just, yeah, we just left it on and eventually we were like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can really tell i mean like and people say you can't tell and i've been definitely fooled with those like amp sims right because there's a lot of people doing that now on recordings they're just mm-hmm. they're plugging into a into an interface and they're just using whatever amp sim sounds best and to, or to them it sounds best to them but to me there's always this this organic feel to a tube amp you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. on that splitsville ep it sounds whatever it was it sounds great i mean it sounds great on all of them and i can tell the older ones were for sure they were probably before the the era of good amp simulation simulators, so yeah, you know you would have been using a lot, of and you can really tell that it's it's the same way in in Splitsville. So, um, uh, yeah, the what what so you said you didn't have 
a cab right now, but what are you using library? You're still using the P base. We talked about that. And P base yeah, is your yeah. base of choice, right? So you're going to oh, continue yeah. to do that. What are you using for a head? Like, do you, what are you plugging into? Uh, Pat, Pat actually has that, that orange. Terror. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we've been using that. Cause I think it sounds, it sound, they sound great. Yeah. They sound great. Yeah. And I, I, unfortunately they discontinued that specific model. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to get one cause they were super cheap and, and sounded great, but they, they were also, <clears throat> pretty defective so that you yeah. know every once in a while uh uh you know a little piece will go bad and they, you know you have to service it and um you know i, I have a feeling that that's probably probably not going to last very long yeah before before it actually you know completely dies but they have other things that i've been looking into i think uh tony got his, his wife plays in a band too she plays bass oh, okay. and he got her the 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 orange combo the new one that was basically kind of like the the uh the replacement for yep. that yeah and so i think i'm gonna stay in that field and maybe look into an, an orange an orange base amp yeah they're really good man and honestly like i don't know what the reliability is like like you talk about reliability everything's kind of gone overseas now and there's they're trying to yeah. shove them into these little lunchbox t- style things right like just like the one i have it's it's um i forget what the brand is but it's it's tiny like it's only like mm-hmm. a couple inches wide by like six or eight yeah. inches deep it's it's there's nothing to it at all but i feel like anytime you cram that much shit into a box that big something's gonna go wrong especially if it was like put together yeah. overseas very quickly and very cheaply you know what i mean yeah so. oh yeah 100 percent. and that's kind of been the case every time too you know both neil and and pat because they both have one uh, have had issues you know, yeah so yeah but you know they, they re, i don't know if they recalled it or they just discontinued it but they're still servicing it so yeah you know that's 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 pretty cool oh yeah so, you'll always you know, get them fixed you always get and them i've always liked uh the guitar amps as well you know the sound of the guitar amps. oh yeah when, when anybody uses one live I, I love that yeah really crisp crunchy sound yeah yeah very crunchy orange is a great they're a great company honestly like you can't you really can't fault them for for their the, the tones they get that's for sure um, yeah, I just those little, like you said, those little tiny like lunchbox things. I just always question the reliability, especially when it's only got like one tube in there. You know what I mean? Like it's like, eesh. like the solid yeah. state side's probably not going to screw up with the tube. Like if the tube goes and it's the only one you got, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Song or something that's going to be weird. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your uh, switch gears a little bit and start talking about your your artwork. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you, you know, when you went to MI, you were you were into things that were uh, more on the artistic side, you know, you weren't really sure about going to school. So you wanted to focus on music and art. Has, have you always been sort of into drawing and, and making art that way? Like that kind of art? Yeah. Yeah. Actually my, my brother as well. too. he's uh, oh, really? he, he's a really good artist. He, he went to school for graphic design and, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, he's a big part of the, uh, the, uh, you know, the graffiti art movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and not necessarily just the LA cause uh, he works for a company called uh, beyond the street. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. Uh, it, it's a pretty big a collective of, of uh, a huge amount of different graffiti artists and, and uh, street artists and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you should look it up. It's really cool. And he does you know, the graphic called, design sir? for that. Beyond the Streets. Beyond the Streets? Yeah, and it's like the history of, of graffiti art and music. And uh, he's actually working on a documentary about the DC punk scene right now. Oh. Or actually, no, he, it's, it's actually about to come out. He's been working on it. and It should be coming out soon. Uh, and it's, it's by that, uh, beyond the street. So, um, but yeah, anyways, back to, back to your question. Um, you know, I always looked up to him and always wanted to do everything he did. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always tried to draw and I, you know, just happened to be, you know, fortunately enough to be artistically inclined and musically inclined, uh, just like him. Mm-hmm. 
so I just kind of ran with it. And I've always been drawing. I've had you know sketchbooks my whole life, and um, I never I never thought to take it into any kind of like professional realm. Yeah. Um, just because I always thought music was the thing that I wanted to do, and and you know he he he's a bit uh, music has been a huge part of his life as well, but uh, you know art has been a bigger part. Uh, and I always thought like, you know, well, I'm going to make music a bigger part of my life, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even though I want to do both. Sure. Uh, so it just kind of fell by the wayside and I, I kind of, you know, stopped drawing and, and uh, you know, stopped kind of researching that kind of stuff for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's always been there. I've always drawn, especially after Jackson was born. I was always drawing all kinds of different things, like comic book characters. And uh, we came up with our own little character when, when he when he was really young and he named him. I just drew him and he named him Chuby. Oh, nice. And so I, you know, like I drew a bunch of different pictures of him and, um, and my mother-in-law, uh, actually made a stuffed animal of him. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. For, for him. And he was super excited. I think he was like <laughs> two when he got it and he was like, what? It's Chuby. Like, so, you know, and that kind of, you know, that kind of started getting me back into it was, you know, he's like, Hey dad, can you draw this? Can you draw that? And, uh, and you know, eventually I was like, all right, I gotta get back into this. So I got another sketchbook and started getting back into it. Um, but what really, you know, set me off recently was, um, I got an iPad pro or yeah. whatever the, the new one is mm-hmm. <clears throat> with, with the pencil and everything. Yep. Yep. And I've, and I've always wanted to mess with that. And I always thought, you know, that has some capabilities that I, I need because I'm just not, I always thought I was not that good. Mm. Um, but if I could do this this way and, you know, I could kind of cheat in here, I could get a lot of shit done. And that the Procreate app um, is fucking amazing. Man. Really? You know, like on the first, the first time that I really like sat down and tried to draw something, um, I was just kind of messing around because you get brushes, you get different brushes, oh, textures, wow. you know, you can change the color to whatever. Um, you know, I just, I saw this picture of a sunset that, that Polly actually took and posted from her, um, from her bedroom window, or I'm sorry, the, the living room window. Mm. And I, I screenshotted it and I told her, I'm going to try to draw this. And she, you know, she was like, Oh, that's cool. Whatever. And, you know, I did it and I, you know, I sat down and, and, you know, was like, Hey babe, you know, come, come check this out. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, she's really good with color. She's a hairstylist. So she kind of helped me out with like, you know, trying to figure out the different hues and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But once I, once I kind of like got the, the feel for it, I, you know, I kind of hit the ground running and I created this like awesome, you know, landscape drawing. Nice. And I was like, how the fuck did I do that? <laughs> you know. So that kind of set me off to like, you know, try to draw other, you know, random little things yeah. and, and mess around with like logos and, uh, I had drawn the Odd Duck logo, yeah, years years back, oh, know, really? a couple years back. And uh, uh, Paulie's sister Maddie, she because uh, she's a and she's an amazing artist, and she actually mm-hmm. went to school for it. And so um, <clears throat> she was able to take my sketch that I did on paper with a pencil and turn it into the logo that you see now oh, on, nice. on the Odd Duck. So it was a it was a collaboration between uh, Mike, Polly, oh, uh, cool. and Maddie and I. That's awesome. And uh, and yeah, and so that you know I. I was like, yeah, I, I could do this. Like, I could definitely, like, you know, at least try to start doing something, sure. you know. And, um, you know, obviously with the pandemic, it kind of fell into a funk and, you know, not being able to play music. And I just, I uh, didn't have the same equipment mm-hmm. that those guys had for recording. So I haven't been doing as much recording as they have. I see. Um, I've listened to all the songs, that, you know, and, and, you know, I've written my parts, but I've not, I haven't laid them out for them. 
<clears throat> so I'm just waiting to, to, you know, probably meet up with one of them and, and go and do it at one of their houses. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that kind of put me into a funk and I was just kind of, I kind of had, had this like writer's block too. Cause I was also trying to write some new stuff and I, you know, I just couldn't do it. Mm. And, um, then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try to start sketching and drawing again and see if, if that helps at all. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, I just took off, you know, and, and like I said, that, that getting that iPad was, was huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, cause it, cause it, it, it took me to a, a level that I didn't think I could get, ever get to, um, for one, like not being able to, uh, or, or just not having the right equipment for it, you know, like, uh, like Photoshop or, or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, you know, graphic designers actually use. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just always thought like, yeah, I missed my, I missed that shit, you know, when I was younger, I didn't go to school for it, didn't study it. So whatever, I'm just going to keep sketching my paper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this thing opened up a whole new world for me because I can, I can make my tiny little sketches look like professional drawing. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, within the last couple of weeks since, since you hit me up, yeah, um, yeah. I, I got uh, a commission job oh, from nice. one of the, one of the posts that I put up on my page. Holy shit. Um, yeah. Cause Paulie posted the odd death one that I did recently and someone commented on it. Hey, do you do commissions? And I was like, yeah, man, DM me. <laughs> Let's do this. And he did. And Dude, that's so, amazing. Yeah, I actually worked on it last night a little bit and I got wow. a really cool sketch for him. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, he, he digs it cause, uh, cause it's, you know, I had a lot of fun doing it and I think he'll be happy with it. Uh, sure. but then I'm, I also got a buddy who, who, uh, who, um, has a band, uh, he started a new band recently called uh, Stoner and the, the O has the, the umlaut. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, his name is Brant Bjork and he played in, um, uh, Van Caius. Uh, it's like a stoner rock metal band from, from the desert, from like Palm Desert. Okay. And, uh, and then Nick Oliveri, who was, uh, I want I think he played in, um, uh, Queens of the Stone Age for a little bit, but he oh, was wow. in, in, he played in Svetlana's and, uh, a couple of, a ton of different bands. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty well-known dude. But anyway, so he started a band with that guy and they're like, you know, desert stoner rock and whatever. Uh, and we've been friends for a little while because our, our kids go to school or went to school together. Oh, wow. And now they're, they're still friends. They play Fortnite like all the time. Nice. And, uh, we still hang out with them. And uh, but recently he just he uh, approached me and was like, "Hey man, I, I you know I have a tour coming up soon. Like, would you be able to do some artwork for for a shirt or something?" And I said, "Of course, man. That's awesome. You know, and it's, like, it's all just kind of happening. You know, just all because you know I just decided to put it out there. Um, and uh, the G13 Creative. Yeah, I was so, going to say, is that how that got yeah. rolling? Like through all yeah. this kind of stuff. So the idea was uh, was was kind of a, a a bunch of different ideas. So we should tell people though, um, that that's your new Instagram page. So like aside yeah, yeah, from yeah, your sorry. personal page, you've got a a, a a separate Instagram page for your artwork called G13 Creative, correct? Yes, the G13 Creative, and and so it's kind of just a an outlet for me. Uh, the page is just an outlet for me for to to put some sketches and drawings out that I've done recently, and you know the plan is to ch- try to put something out weekly, if not more than that, and uh, just try to get a. a a following out there and try to you know have people notice what sure. what it is i'm doing yeah. but you know there's there's an there's an ultimate goal there um which i could probably talk about i guess it, you yeah, know, yeah. Not, I, I i still need to look into like trademarking and that kind of stuff uh so yeah so there's a there's a bigger goal there eventually you know i want to try to uh incorporate it into like a uh into the cannabis uh movement and and the industry really 
Um, and actually, I've been trying to get a hold of Josh to to you know ha- get some input on uh, on that part of it because uh, you know he's so well versed in in the industry now that you know I, I know that he could definitely help. But you know, I, I wanted to make it kind of like this, like uh, you know, street kind of cholo style, um, uh, you know, presentation really, um, but not only focus around you know like cannabis and, and weed and stuff, but you know, try to make like a, a merch kind of deal and and uh, but also make it about art and music and you know, yeah, it's really kind of all up in the air. I haven't really like you know, finalized what the ultimate goal is. Uh, but I want it to be something bigger than just, you know, uh, an Instagram page, um, you know, cause eventually I want to, you know, if, if I ever start making money off of any of this, uh, um, I want to be able to start, you know, donating to charities and, and, you know, giving back to the community and that kind of stuff. Nice. Uh, you know, just do something positive with, with it, Sure. <clears throat> you know, and it, it's something that, uh, uh, was, was really inspired by, you know, where I grew up, you know, the, the La Puente scene, you know, there was a lot of that like cholo style, low rider, uh, you know, gangster tagging and writing and that kind of stuff. And, and I grew up all around that, you know, and, uh, you know, I, my brother and sister weren't a part of that lifestyle or, or anything or neither right. were my parents or my immediate friends, but you know, anywhere you went, you know, we'd go to a backyard punk show. I'd play a backyard punk show and there was always, you know, all those, you know, the homies there, you know, all the cholos, they'd show up with their lowriders because, you know, more times than not, it was like one of their little brothers or sisters who were throwing the show. And and they were, you know, just naturally a part of the scene. And we we always got along with them, you know, always smoking weed with those dudes and drinking 40s. And, you know, it was a lifestyle, you know, and it was, it was really cool. And, and, you know, when I got a little older, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily try to get away from it. I just, you know, I, I gravitated away from it. Uh, but recently, you know, going back and spending some time there once, once I, my, my, uh, my mom was like vaccinated and, and we were all just kind of being safe. I started going back and hanging out, you know, in, uh, at her house for a little more and, you know, bring my kid over and I'd go to the shops around there to get some stuff. And, you know, it's just kind of, it would bring me back to being a kid. Yeah. And, you know, I would go to these local, you know, it was called the indoor Swami. And, uh, you know, people would have their shops set up and they, they would sell like shirts and, and hats and shoes or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they had. And um, there was uh, always this one, this one spot that always sold clothes. And it was always like, you know, like the cry now or uh, smile now, cry later, you know, shirts with the, like the clowns and yeah. uh, the low riders. And, you know, it was, it was always very like uh, cliche. And I, you know, I never, I, I always, you know, saw it and it was like, oh, that's cool or whatever. But I never wanted to like, you know, rock yeah. any of that. Right, right. Whatever. But I, I went in there recently and, who, you know, whatever, you know, the new artist that they're trying to sell, whatever, you know, took, uh, brought like a new take on it. And so, you know, it's all the old school shit. You see all like the, the, the old cholo drawings and mm-hmm. you know, like the clown faces and the girls with the big pompadour haircuts mm-hmm. and the and um but you know it's it's uh it's not as like cheesy it's not as like cliche anymore yeah, it's like updated right for the time yeah right? yeah and and you know and they like the one that really stood out to me and i ended up buying the shirt and the hoodie was that it just said la puente and these really cool like in this really cool font and it was like it's you know uh, la puente san gabriel valley and it was just like it, it it almost made me proud yeah to be from there you know it was just like someone to, you know was so proud 
of being from you know this town uh, that you know they made this fucking awesome font this awesome logo and created this whole like brand around it you know around this culture and i was like i can do that you know and, and not you know like i don't want to i don't want to like you know minimize it to like oh shit i can i can do that. no but i know where you're coming from <laughs> yeah it almost it's inspiring you know it's yeah, like oh yeah. shit, i should do that you know like i've had this idea and i i want to you know try to contribute something i've always wanted to try to contribute something you know like dur during this whole pandemic whatever we donated to all the causes and stuff like just nice. to try to make ourselves feel better really it's what it you know kind of feels like but you know i always felt like I, I should should do more and when i can i will do more um and this would be a, a perfect opportunity for me to like create something that's an outlet something positive and then be able to you know contribute something right right so that, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things. And, you know, I want to, weed has always been a huge part of my life too. You know, uh, when I met Josh, that's kind of why we hit it off. <laughs> I was his weed dealer for a little bit, <laughs> you know? but, uh, uh, you know, it, it's always been a huge part of my life and I've always looked at it as something positive. You know, I've never been ashamed of it, you know, and I, it was always very taboo growing up. Definitely like, with my parents. Oh yeah. You know, and even with my siblings, it was like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But yeah. now they, now they're like, you know, well, at least my sister is really into it. Yeah. She, she calls it medicating, you know, <laughs> I still call it smoking weed. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's changed, but you know, I want to, I want to be able to, uh, you know, put a different light on things, you know, cause, uh, you know, like I said, it, it was taboo growing up and it shouldn't have been, you know, no. like had had it not been such a big deal, like, I don't think I would have gotten in trouble or tried to, like, or, you know, done stupid things as a kid to try to hide it, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it's a lot, a lot of different things, you know, come to play with the, uh, with, with the um, Hispanic culture, too. It's like, you know, a lot of shit's taboo. A lot of shit you don't talk about. Right. You know? Yo, so, yeah. I know that, too, for sure. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, I also want to bring to light, too, with, with this whole thing is, like, you know, definitely be proud of who you are, where you're from, and and definitely don't be ashamed of you know uh, who you are and like your flaws. And you know, if you, if you need help, reach out. You know, that was just something that was never 100%, taught. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There are things that have gone on, like even in my family, like right now, that like it's there, but you don't talk about it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's such yeah. a fucking weird thing. You know, like you know, it just and we can talk about it a little bit after the show. I don't want to throw too much of it into the into the public thing that i'm putting out but but I'll, you know i'll tell you some stuff after the show that'll make your <laughs> i mean i'm sure it's stuff that you're also familiar with and in, in your circles but uh you know it still blows my mind to this day how backwards thinking some people can be you know yeah man yeah and then you know then sometimes it goes back to religion you know it's like wow yeah that's what that's what they're teaching you that's what you're for your religion practices okay yeah <laughs> it's 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 you know it's kind of it's it's depressing sometimes. Oh, really? it is for sure. But your uh, your artwork's great, man. Like I want this the one thing I want to say about <laughs> that page. It's it's it's. I know a lot we could fun. get pretty well off topic uh, there. That's okay, that's how the show goes. I mean, that's that's part of these podcasts. You know what I mean? Like no matter who I'm talking to, we go off in different tangents, and and I like it because we we learn different things about each other. You know what I mean? I know I know we're only we're only sort of one one border apart. You know what I mean? Like Canada and the U.S. were we're sort of I don't want to say the same people. We, we share a lot of the same. Uh, culture you know what i mean like a, we're, yeah, we're both melting sure. pots we all have the same kind of stuff but but it's nice to learn these different different stories and different backgrounds and things like that right so i like the tangents it's it's fine yeah. if we get off topic 
But cool. the artwork yeah. is great, though, man, yeah. for sure. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, yeah. I, like, I had no idea you did the Odd Duck stuff until I saw Polly post that. And it's so funny that you say that um, her uh, exposure and, and the circle of friends that you're in uh, have some definite reach. You know what I mean? And so yeah. when you have something that's worth sharing, it's so nice that they actually do share it for you and help you out and, and help you get the word out. Because a lot of times there's amazing artists out there, music or, or you know, uh, um, graphic design like you know whatever but they don't get noticed because they don't have the reach you know and, and it's hard to stand out so it's nice that they you have friends that are willing to help you in that way you know yeah man i'm very fortunate yeah for very sure. very fortunate to have the friends that i do man uh it's it's almost surreal you know coming from where i came from and, and growing up listening to the music that i did and, and just idolizing the people i did it's it's, it's definitely a, a it's it's a fucking you know humbling experience oh i can imagine <laughs> Uh, I've I've done some cool shit, played some cool shows, and met some really cool people. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. like it still blows my mind that you know, like I'm. It's funny you get thinking about this shit. Like I started this thing, and I don't know how much of Mike's. I think he said you listen to all of the episode with Mike. Um, he asked me why I got into it, and it, and it was sort of just about needing something to do to keep myself sane and you know in in a time where i didn't have work and it was a very strange period of my life it was the first time since i graduated high school that i, did, that I didn't have a full-time job but just the fact that like i've been reaching out to some people who are you know in fat records bands like talking to josh who yeah. was in the bomb pops and yeah. i grew up on fat records like those fat records yeah. compilations were my life you know what i mean and yeah. now i'm talking to a guy same in here, the man. yeah same here man uh and just hear yeah, him say things like, oh, well, Fat Mike, you know, made Neil slap me when I got to. And I'm thinking, you're saying that so casually, like you're at Fat Mike's house and he's telling you, telling Neil to slap you. Like, that's not something you say casually. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah dude, it's it's uh, it's definitely like you got to slap yourself a couple of times. Uh, there was uh, one of my favorite stories to tell is, is uh, we... They brought me backstage to the uh, Descendants Off show that they opened up for in San Diego, and I got to fucking hang out with all those dudes, man. It was surreal. I smoked a blunt with uh, with uh, Carl Carl Alvarez. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, he may not remember though, but uh, but yeah, no, it was it was surreal, man. I, you know, uh, got to hang out with Milo a little bit, like Holy you know, shit, that's incredible. Uh, I met all those guys. Like it was just, yeah, it was, it was surreal, man. Hey, I just keep going back to that because it, it really is, man. And I, I, you know, one day I got uh, thanks to Jen from the Bomb Pops. She, um, they, uh, I think, had um, some kind of AV issue, and they're, the guy who set all that stuff up at Fat Mike's house um, wasn't around and just couldn't do it. And, and you know, that's what I do. Is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Stuff. So she's like, "Hey, would you be able to come out and help them out?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." So, so yeah, so I, uh, uh, I reached out to, or he, uh, his manager reached out to me and was like, Hey, could you come by? Like, this is, this is the scenario, whatever. So I was like, Oh yeah, man, uh, I can come by tomorrow, but I'm going to have my kid with me if that's okay. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. No worries. So Jackson and I go over to fat Mike's house and, and we're hanging out in the living room and, and it's like, you know, probably about like 10 in the morning and fat Mike waltzes out in this like fuzzy robe and he's got like, like disheveled green hair and <laughs> I like turn around and look over and I was like, Oh shit. And he's like, I was like, Hey man, what's up? I was like, Hey morning. He's like, he's kind of grumbled, whatever. And he sees Jackson on the couch playing on his, on my phone. And he's like, Hey, and I just keeps going. <laughs> I was like, did that really just happen? 
Like I'm over, and then I had to test the the thing that I fixed. It was like a, a the, the receiver just was it kept shutting off, and um, I ended up like getting everything working, and I just tested everything. And um, I think he had a Reagan Youth record in the record player, so I, was, I just pushed play and you know made sure it worked. And I was like, dude, I'm over here listening to Reagan Youth records at Fat Mike's. In Fat Mike's living room. If anybody in Fat Mike's living room, uh, if if like all the dudes that I grew up with knew where I was at right now they would shit themselves <laughs> oh, absolutely that is an insane story man honestly like, yeah fuck. i can't yeah. believe some of this shit when i hear it it's like it blows my fucking mind and like yeah and you know, that's all because you know i i have the friends that i do man i'm so fortunate yeah. to have what i fucking do yeah and, it, and it's like i said it's amazing that you know they've made it to that point but they're still like involving you you know what i mean like they could have yeah jen, jen didn't have to suggest you she could have suggested anybody you know, yeah, but she sure. suggested you because she's your friend. And she knows you're good at what you do, and and like you know, you're in a fucking cool band, and like, why not give this guy the business? You know what I mean? Because I've always been a believer in that. Give your friends the work. Like I've, <laughs> I have friends that fix air, like uh, heating and cooling stuff that live in like Toronto, which is like an hour from where I live, but they'll come down and fix my yeah. shit because I'd rather put the money in their pocket than somebody else's. You know what I yeah, mean? Man. It's like fucking yeah, why for not? Sure. Yeah, totally. But uh, tell me about your uh, woodworking too. I understand you're doing some woodworking. I saw you made some like butcher blocks and shit. Where, where did yeah. that come from? <laughs> so uh, funny. Uh, that all kind of started right around. Uh, I want to say like Christmas of 2019. Uh, I kind of started getting into woodworking. Uh, really, I mean, I was watching what was it? Uh, Parks and Rec, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron, Ron Swanson was was my fucking favorite character of all time. Man, uh, I got so into, and, and then I. I found out that he actually owns a, a, a what do you call it a wood shop yeah. in Sherman Oaks, and he's a full-on woodworker and, and a carpenter, and and uh, um, has been doing it for for decades professionally. And I was like, what the fuck? So I did a little research on him, and and you know, I was like, this is so cool. You know, that's that's rad. That like the stuff that he's you know doing on the show, he probably actually built. Yeah, you know, did. yeah, uh, yeah. And so uh, then I got really into that, and then. Uh, uh, I just went on YouTube and was like, oh, you know what? What's the easiest thing to build to start doing, uh, to start woodworking? And it was a butcher block. And there was a very, like, easy way to make one. It was just like a plank of wood that you sand it down mm. and you stand. That was it. And I was like, that's too, that's too easy. So I did, you know, I, I looked into it and I saw that you could stack different types of wood, but it was a little bit of work. You had to buy certain things. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I went and bought the wood. I went and bought the tools and, and just just did it. Nice. You know, I watched the video a couple of times and I was like, all right, yeah, I think I'm doing it right. And I made one and I posted it and people freaked out and they're like, what? That's amazing. Yeah, it looked really good, man. It looked really and professional. Thanks, man. And immediately, you know, I got a, a few different people asking me if I would make them one and how much would I charge them. And, and so I had to like – I had to figure that out. And yeah. I was like, yeah, of course, because that was so much fun to make. And it was, I mean, it wasn't easy, but it was, it wasn't extremely difficult. Right. Yeah. And if, if I can make, you know, a few bucks here, especially during the pandemic, oh, yeah. and kill I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. So oh, yeah. that's really where it started. And then, uh, so my wife bought me a, a woodworking book for Christmas and, um, and then like a Home Depot gift card and all this. So that really kind of set it off as well. You know, nice. I went, I bought other stuff that I was like, you know, saving up to buy and just couldn't justify. So I was just like, yeah. hell, I'm so excited about it. And so I made a few more and then, uh, and then work picked up again and I started having to get back to work. I actually made a couple of cabinets too, oh. like, like 
freestanding cabinets, oh, uh, slot, slotted ones for a, for a client of mine who I'd been doing like some wiring for. You know, he has a in-home studio and I'd just be pulling wires and soldering cables for him. And uh, he was like, oh yeah, I need to get this cabinet made, but my guy isn't, isn't around. And I was like, hey man, I just got into woodworking. Like I could totally make that. And he's like, oh really? How much would you charge? So I just kind of, you know, broke it down and he's like, let's do it. You know, so I spent a couple of weeks building these like two first two cabinets. And then he was like, he wasn't thrilled about the size of one, even though that's what he asked for. So he was like, I, I don't want that. He's like, I, that, I have no you know use for that. So you just keep that one and make me another one to these new dimensions. And mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of time just doing that and that, you know, it was really exciting. So I started making money doing that and, uh, on top of doing like wiring jobs and, and, you know, so it was really, I was just trying to keep myself busy and yeah. sane. I was the same, same as you, uh, just trying to look for new shit to do. But cabinets, cabinets is a big, like a big undertaking. Like cabinets is a lot of pieces there. Where do you, where do you get all this work done? Cause you have to have the space to do it. Right. Like, so I, I have a tiny little patio out back that I kind of made space for okay, it, but yeah. it was still very tight. Um, so like the bigger projects, uh, uh, fortunately enough, I have a, a huge warehouse that the company has, um, over in Santa Fe Springs, which is like an hour away. Um, but there's so much space in there. And my boss is so cool that he, he let me use like a corner of that warehouse and they had table saws there and and chop saws and all that kind of stuff there already. So, you know, I just brought all my stuff there, set up a a little station there and did all my bigger projects. Like a little wood shop. You set set up a wood shop in the warehouse. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So all the, uh, all the bigger stuff I did there. For a little while and then the little blocks the butcher blocks i would do out back here sure sure yeah like that, yeah, that makes sense you have the space for it at your place and you can do it there but you know why drive an hour away to make those but for the cabinets it's amazing that they let you oh, use their yeah. space you know yeah and especially when when you know when you're sawing so much you know i have to make all they were slotted so there's yeah. i don't know 50 or 60 slots uh or pieces of wood that are like two inches thick and they go over actually i'll, I'll show you real quick yeah kind of see here that thing down there Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It has our records. It's our record cabinet. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so I made three of those actually. So when you're, you know, you have to cut all that wood down because I buy a giant plank and I cut it down to size. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got fucking sawdust all over the place, and it's just, yeah, it wouldn't have worked here at all. So I was very lucky to have that, uh, have that space to to go do all that stuff in. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It it is a huge undertaking, like you said. Um, and when I got halfway through it, or not even halfway through it, I got like, you know, a quarter of the way into it, I started realizing like, holy shit, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I was like, yeah, I could do this. You know, it's just a matter of buckling down and taking the time to do yeah, it. Yeah. So, and, and that's always yeah. something that I've always thought too. And it's funny that you mentioned um, Ron Swanson. What uh, I can't not think of his his real name for the life of me right now. But Nick, uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah. But it's, it's so funny because we were watching, my wife and I, we're late to the Parks and Rec game. Like we just watched. Oh, it. so was I. Yeah, so last was I. year I think we over the winter last year we we watched the whole thing and then we rewatched it this winter because it was so good, and uh, and he was such a big part of that show for me. And I would always think, fuck, he really knows what he looks like, or that he really looks like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to woodworking. Yeah. And my wife's like, I bet you, when we found out later that he actually plays the sax and that he actually does woodworking my wife's like i bet you that's his his own wood shop on the show and i'm like no way that's a set or they rented a place and then i watched some youtube videos and it actually was his fucking wood shop and yeah. the canoe that's hanging in that wood shop he made that canoe from, from yeah. a kit that he got online or something and i'm going 
that's fucking unreal. The guy actually is like a jack of all trades, you know what I mean? And a crazy yeah. like craftsman. It's insane. Yeah, and that totally. And that that's the exact same reaction I had. And it, it blew my mind. And I, you know, I just happened to be, you know, kind of already venturing into that. And uh, you know, it kind of exploded after that because I was like, man, this guy's hilarious. Uh and I mean he's a great actor, obviously, and 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 he's into this, like he's really good at, at woodworking and, and you know, he's not just lying about it. No. That's fucking cool, man. That's really cool. So yeah, that was that was a huge part of it. And it takes, really it takes dedication to be that big of an actor and still maintain your woodworking yeah. business. Like you can totally tell how passionate he is about it. Because as soon as you start making parks and rec money, you don't need a wood shop anymore. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could do it as a hobby and just not but he runs a full fledged wood shop yeah. that produces yep. product and you know for sale it's with employees and everything it's insane while yeah. being an, an amazing actor comedic actor yeah that's so cool that's that's really cool um we're getting close to the uh time here i don't want to cut you off like i, I don't oh, we, yeah, we can no, talk no. as long as you want i just don't want to keep you any longer than we have to so i want to ask you the the one question that i ask all my guests yes. what are you listening to these days and is it still the same old stuff or are there new or new to new to you bands that you've been into lately I mean, obviously the old stuff, man. I always got to go back. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a few records that, that I always go back to just kind of, you know, like it's almost like they, they, uh, if I have anxiety, I put them on and it just kind of like, you know, goes away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, there's, uh, was it Nick 13 from Tiger Army? Um, he put out a solo record like in 2013, I want to say. Um, and it's just called Nick 13. And mm. it's, it's like, um, it's like a really country, you know, style album. Really? And it's really cool. I mean, if you listen to like the newer Tiger Army stuff, it, it's kind of going in that direction, anyways. Um, but this is really—it's a really good album. And if you're into that kind of style, definitely like look into that. Um, but uh, that, and then you know, what else do I listen to? Uh, like a go-to would be um, uh, there's a Frank Turner record too. It's, uh, what's it called? Oh, Lo Love Irene Song. That's what's called. Uh, old record and I always go back to that you know it's kind of one of those that just kind of yeah. put it on on the airplane you know when I'm trying to go to sleep or something uh, but yeah those are the two I always go back to uh, but like the, recently I've been listening to the uh, the new Red City Radio uh, record that just came out Paradise I don't know, uh, I don't know. either Red City Radio yeah Red City Radio um, I don't know what they're on I don't know if they're on fat I don't think they're on fat but um, but yeah they just put that out recently and that that thing that album rips it's it's really good uh, to check it out yeah man I've, I've been obsessed with a few songs on there and kind of have it on repeat um and then our friends get dead who are also on on fat their last record uh dancing with the with yeah, the curse that's great fucking amazing man yeah. i seriously could not stop listening to that when it first came out very uh -huh. different than what i would normally listen to but i really dig it man and then yeah just and it's, it's, it's actually kind of a uh uh you know uh they kind of strayed away from what they usually sound like too you know, they, you know, it definitely sounds like Get Dead, but yeah. uh, they they ventured out a little bit. And yeah. it, it worked in their favor, man, because that fucking record is awesome. Yeah, it's really good, man. And, and like, they, they seem like such a cool bunch of guys, too. And then they recently shared, like, my fucking podcast story on their, uh, on their story. And I was like, what in, like, talk about surreal moments, right? And I'm going, what the really? fuck? Yeah, and then, and then I just, I reposted that. Uh, on my personal page and just said, I can't believe this band just reposted my story or shared my story. And then they actually, somebody from the band, um, or I don't know who runs the page, but somebody messaged me and said, yeah, it's about 
bringing each other up and not pushing each other down and we need to stick together. And, and I'm like, I'm like, holy fuck. Like, you know what I mean? So That's I, I awesome, want to try man. and see if one of them will be on. Cause I thought, I think that would be amazing. Oh dude. If you could get a hold of Sam Keen, that dude, I, that guy got, that guy has some stories. Man. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you ever get Sam King on, that was going to be a really interesting episode. Well, I'm going to try. Cause yeah, I mean, if, they're amazing, in, if they really yeah. are into that kind of uh, support, maybe, you know, maybe they'll be on it. It's a tough thing. Cause I don't have much reach, right? Like I, like this show is small. I like talking to people. That's why I started in, and I, I, I'm appreciative of anybody that comes on, but for a, a band that big, like even for Josh to be on, you know what I mean? Like Josh is on a band uh, on fat fucking records and for him to be on my show, my little shit show and, and share the things he did and be so open with me. And like, it was amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so for, you know, if I can, the more bands I can get like that, the more my, this will feel meaningful. You know what I mean? Instead of just some bullshit thing. Yeah. That I do, you know? Oh, that's cool, man. No, definitely don't think of it that way. You know, uh, you know, you're just coming up, so yeah. just need a little more time, and you're getting up there, man. I mean, it, it's been a lot of fun, at, you know, talking to you so far. Dude, so this has been a great conversation. Know. I love it. I'm <laughs> so happy you were able, you were willing to do it. Like, and like I said, I'm appreciative of anyone because everybody's time is valuable, right? It's that's the one thing we can't ever get back is time. And so, anytime anyone's willing to bullshit with me for a couple of hours, like it's amazing, man. So, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, man. It's, it's funny because I was just talking to one of a. Uh, one of my really close friends, moms, who you know I'm really close with too, and uh, I just needed to call her before I call, uh, we jumped on here. And I was like, "Hey, I'm actually gearing up to do a podcast right now." And she was like, "Oh, really?" And she's very honest, you know. She's very sarcastic and honest. And she's like, uh, "Oh, yeah, that that's okay." But that was her reaction. And I was like, "Yeah, I know. It kind of threw me off that somebody thought I was that interesting too." <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Uh, uh, she's my friend, Aaron Kingsley's mom, Rona Kingsley. Oh my gosh, she's hilarious. She's a kick. I love her to death. Man, some of my favorite people are my friends' moms or dads. Yeah, you know I mean? it's funny. Yeah, she was amazing. But yeah, it was just funny. Like she's always. I, I can always count on her to, to you know not hold back. Uh, you know, but it, it, it I made me laugh because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, I can't believe someone finds me that interesting <laughs> as well. You know, like I, I get it. Dude, I find like any time, like I said, as soon as I found out about Murderland, and and knowing that I have this this little show, I I, I start reaching out to people because I never know who's gonna want to be on. Murderland's been fantastic about mess. Everyone's messaged me back that I've talked to. So the only person I haven't messaged is Pat, uh, but everyone that I've messaged has messaged me back and been super kind and said, yeah, I'm willing to do it, and that's amazing to me because as far as I'm concerned, if I'm a fan of a band, like whether their whether their reach is like you know whether they have like. 1200 Instagram followers or, or 20,000. It doesn't matter to me. Like it's the music that matters to me. Right. And so I'm always interested in the background stories and the history of how the band came together. And so the more voices I can get out of one band, the happier I'll be, you know what I mean? I love hearing all the different angles. So I, you know, again, I'm super appreciative that you're, that you're on here. If I get Tony to come on, great. If Pat wants to be on fuck even better, you know, I, I'd love for like to be able to talk to everybody. So, so is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here or? Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm not in any rush. So if you have any other questions you want to ask him, I'm yeah. all about well, it. Well, man, you know, the one thing I didn't ask you was, uh, I kind of skipped over a little bit cause we were, I, I didn't want to, like I said, I didn't want to hold you too long, but, uh, the, when you left, um, when your son was born, when Jackson was born, how did <laughs> you manage to, so who did they get to replace you and how did you manage to, to get back in after that all played out? Like after he grew up a little bit and you wanted to get back in? Well, really, it was because uh, that tour just happened to be um, around the time that he had just been born. So I, I didn't feel right leaving, and I didn't want to hold them back from doing another tour. And and not, you know, I didn't 
necessarily think that I wasn't going to be back in the band. I don't think that was ever, ever a thought on anybody's mind. Um, it was more about just having the time to spend with, you know, the newborn and, and with, you know, my wife and, you know, trying to get, get a feel. Cause at this point, nobody else had done that yet. Mm-hmm. Nobody else had had a kid or started a family. Yet. Everybody, it, it was a, you know, a completely new territory for everybody. So, you know, I, in my head, I was like, oh, well, you know, once he's able to start, you know, you know, swallowing without choking, I'm going back to fucking play. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So as long as, you know, it wasn't like I was, I was going to take a year off because I needed to, you know, establish my Mm -hmm. fatherhood skills or whatever. No, it's just kind of like, I need to make sure that we're all going to be able to keep him alive. Right. And, and then, then I'll go back to just being a, you know, a delinquent. <laughs> delinquent. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, uh, it was really just about taking some time off to, to get adjusted, you yeah. know, get our, our, our uh, footing. And, you know, you know then eventually we start playing shows again. Mm-hmm. So as long as it was something that wasn't like a, a two-week tour, it was, it was fine. I would still play shows. And, you know, we even brought Jackson to a couple of shows. Oh, nice. When he, he was super young he was still a baby and um you know so it was you know it was never a thought of like oh uh i hope i can get back in um right it was just more of like ah, shit you know if it's going to be one of those kinds of shows or one of those kinds of tours or whatever I'm not gonna be able to do it so we should probably get someone else right which that one tour was uh our really good friend matt wilson who um who mike and and josh both mentioned uh because that he was the one who uh con not really conned us but you know convinced, <laughs> convinced us to to uh to book that little mini tour right uh, last year yeah and uh because uh, because he wanted to play with uh he wanted to play with uh, proper channels and murderland and right right, right. Birthday and all that stuff so it was all fun and we hadn't seen him in years because he had moved up north so yeah yeah uh you know it was a perfect opportunity to go to hang out with some you know really good friends we hadn't seen in a long time play some shows that we hadn't done in a long time and, and visit some old venues that we had been to in a while so plus the bridge city you know yeah. sessions with, icing with, on the cake icing on the cake exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah matt wilson uh he he joined them for that that uh i want to say like two and a half week tour uh-huh. um and you know just filled in for me and you know killed it you know like i came back when i came back and started playing shows again after that um they were all just kind of doing these like you know we all have our, our inside jokes while you're playing, you know, you just kind of laugh, and no, no one gets it. Obviously, yeah. no one, yeah. no one else uh, in the crowd gets it. Right? You know, sometimes, sometimes they do, something. most times they don't. Uh, but then they, they're like, you know, doing all these like inside jokes, like <laughs> that I have no idea. What the <laughs> f- like, I felt kind of left down, yeah. and I was like, oh, this, this kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, but, but then I was like, no, that's cool, man. Like, they, you know, that was they had a, almost three weeks you know, in a band together and playing shows every fucking night. So like, you're obviously that's going to happen. Yeah. And that's really cool because that just goes to show how, how, uh, how talented he is and how well of a connection that they all have with him. Right. That made me happy. Uh, cause like we all have that connection when we play without, um, with Tony or Pat and we have to replace one of them with uh, Mm -hmm. our buddy Travis, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, Travis is usually who we go to because, he, he's the stunt double usually and uh right. and he knows all the songs already and he's he's a fucking ripping guitar player um and he's a really good friend so you know that that chemistry is still there with him right yeah and and i it felt made me feel good that you know that chemistry was still there when matt was was filling in sure uh, 
you know, and it wasn't just like, ah, oh, fuck, like he missed that note again, or yeah. ah, shit, he doesn't do that like Jerry does, whatever, which would have made me feel good, you know, but, but still, you know, <laughs> Yeah. But there always you know, was but, the understanding that you were coming back, basically, right? Like, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, you weren't, you like, weren't like, like on. Like said, I, there was, there's no way I could kill this thing if you tried. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's no way like you, you'd want to be on some kind of per, like, you know, indefinite hiatus. Like you, you always knew you wanted to come back and, and play in the band once Jackson was sort of, you know, esta- established for less, for lack of a better word. Once your yeah, yeah, started yeah, growing yeah. up a bit. Yeah. Well, once he could hold his, his head up, then yeah. I, you know, <laughs> all right, get back and back on the road uh yeah and then that also kind of you know set the precedent for for the rest of us as far as like growing up i feel like you know everyone was like oh shit it's a, like we can still do this and, and be adults and like you know have families and stuff fuck yeah let's do it yeah. so like you know all, a lot of our friends you know immediately after kind of started following suit and i, I want to say that we we're like the pioneers and we were the ones that mm-hmm. were we're the ones who made it okay. I'm just, I, it's just kind of the way it happened. Yeah. Uh, and everybody was like, it kind of felt like everybody was like, oh shit, well, you know, we can all still be ourselves and, you know, go to the shows and hang out with each other and, uh, and still have families, you yeah. know, and, oh, yeah. and be responsible adults. So. I, I remember thinking like when I was a kid, no, a kid, like when I was graduating high school that, you know, okay, it's time to, to stop with this fucking music thing. Like you're not, it's not going anywhere. Like it didn't even occur to me that you could still play in a band and have a good time uh, and still enjoy the, the company of your friends without having the pressure of needing to feel like you had to go out on tour or try to make yeah. it, you know, quote unquote, make it. You could just play yeah. it and have fun. And and then it wasn't till like I was in my mid twenties that I got back in with the, the band that I'm playing with now. They were looking for a new guitar player and, uh, and I got in with them, and then ever since we haven't really played a ton like over the last ten years, but here and there, just for fun, like just what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, we're all adults. We all have jobs. We all have responsibilities. But a couple times a year, we we like to get together and relearn all the songs and make sure they're tight, and then go play a show. You know what I mean? Have a blast for yeah. a night. Feel like rock stars for a night. You know? Yeah, man. I I totally get that. I totally get that. And and I'm not gonna lie and say that. You know, I'm I'm glad I didn't. You know, uh, you know, completely follow my my uh, dream of being a touring musician mm-hmm. um i definitely do regret not being able to pursue that uh but i do definitely see like there there was you know downsides to that oh uh, yeah there is for sure there is especially with the last year man i i can't even imagine you know how rough of a year it was for all my you know touring musician friends and i have a lot of them yep. and you know they all had to figure it out and and you know luckily they're all talented you know, very intelligent people yep. and are, are, we're for the most part able to, you know, yep. kind of pick up the flack, but, uh, you know, it just ultimately it's not what they want to do, you know? And, and had I, had I been in that same boat, I would have been very depressed and upset, you know? And, and, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for that, but I also, you know, I know that there was, there's one, once the world gets back to normal and everyone can start going back to touring and that kind of stuff, it's, you know, I'm going to miss it again. Oh yeah, for sure. I, mean, I felt, I felt like I, I had, you know, I had the worst case of FOMO <laughs> every time I would watch, you know, Polly or, or Josh uh, or Neil and Jen like post all these fucking amazing pictures when they're in Europe. Yeah. And, like or somewhere, you know, on the other side of the world, you know, doing fucking rad things, and I'm like, shit, man, that could have been me. <laughs> I know. But 
you know, like I, I definitely don't regret the decisions I make. Like I said, had yeah. I not joined Murderland, I wouldn't have met my wife, right. you know, and, and that, that would never have happened. So, right. you know, I, I, you know, I'm grateful for all the, you know, decisions, decisions I've made in the paths they've taken me down. Um, but you know, obviously the grass definitely always looks greener <laughs> on the other side, man. You know what I mean? Like that, that saying is so fucking true. It's been something I've thought about a lot over my, in my adult life because Nobody told me when I was a kid that there was institutes where you like like musicians institute where you could go and learn to be a professional at your instrument and then yeah. use that to make money. Nobody told me that. If they had told me that, I probably would have done that. Instead, I ended up with this like career where, yeah, I make a decent living and I can provide and all this other shit. But really, I didn't follow my passions. But at the same time, you're right. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the experiences that I have had had I followed that path. So it's always like this grass is greener on the other side kind of yeah. thing. But that you mentioned like friends being out on tour and posting like i have a friend nate who's he's sort of a friend of a fr like friends we're friends but he's way closer with with a, another sort of side of the group of my friends um than he is with me but he's in a band called intervals and they tour this band they're like um like an instrumental band i never know how to classify them but they're kind of like a metal band but they're like instrumental like lots of melodic lines and no singing obviously so the, the guitars carry all the melodies it's really cool stuff but those guys are all over the world, all the time, posting amazing pictures, t telling me crazy stories when they come back from the road. And it's like, fuck, sometimes I just wish I would have landed in something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, and it, I'm in the exact same boat. Uh, but, you know, I've gotten lucky enough because of the friends I have and, and you know, the decisions I have made that, you know, I, I didn't necessarily miss out on all of that because like yeah. i said you know i found myself backstage at a descendant show yeah. one day just questioning you yeah. know how the fuck i did i get here that's incredible how amazing is my life right now <laughs> that is an insane story man yeah. that is a, and, and again you'll have that like that's an experience you know what i mean like and and you may have been in another band that was touring like if you if your life had gone a different way and you might not have had that ex that experience yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's, so it, it's wild how we always feel like we want the things that we don't have but really sometimes what we're going through right now is not so bad <laughs> at the same time. No, 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 I'm grateful. And I, I am not only grateful, I am comfortable and I'm happy and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm content, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to be fully vaccinated by the time I'm sure I will be by the time the bomb pops play an actual record release show. I know Josh was talking about that when he was on with me uh, on the show with me. And if Murderland plays, I mean, they're going to have to, short of the borders being completely closed, I don't care if I have to fucking sneak across. I said that to Josh. Too. I'll, I'll go up to one of those big expanses where the border is un, undefended and I'll just sneak through and I got to get to that show. Like, those are two of my favorite bands right now. And like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys in the Bomb Pops playing a show together would be fucking amazing. And I know you guys have in the past before, but that was obviously before oh, yeah. I knew about Murderland. So I, I yeah, definitely want to get that. I mean, any, any opportunity that they have, they were down here to play in LA show or anything like that in this vicinity. We always jumped on it. It was just always so much fun. I mean, it was just natural. Like the once Mike and Polly met and, you know, we started playing shows together. It was almost like, you know, we were, we were, the, the bands were a couple, right. you know, we, we almost didn't play shows without each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, uh, but then they started doing like the bigger shows and, mm -hmm. And we all started getting old and, and <laughs> <laughs> popping up babies and shit. So, uh, so yeah, so, you know, they, they were obviously a little more, uh, you know, 
goal oriented whereas like murderland was kind of like oh this is you know what we do for fun yeah yeah which is fucking awesome and i love it because you know what it is 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 amazing you know and i I wouldn't change it it's a great thing and actually that that record release show that was supposed to happen on in march when the fucking world just ended yeah uh we were supposed to play that with them yeah yeah it was at the at the redwood uh our local bar where that that, where splitsville the video was was filmed um, you know, that's a great that's video, perfect. by the way, too. That is that look, talk about you guys looking like you're having fun. That video looked like it was a lot of fun to make, you know. Oh, yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, my, my son always makes me put it on because he loves that the whole sequence of going in and yep. coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> buddy eating the burger that me and Mike talked about. I, I yeah, wish yeah, I knew that, that, that actor's name because he looks man. so familiar to me, that guy. And I can't, yeah. I, we've been trying to figure out who he is. You know, he, I, but... he always reminded me of uh, I can't remember his name, but the, the guy from Law and Order, uh, one of the Law and Orders. And he's like the uh, the big dude that's like I feel like he's autistic or something, and he's like very weird. I think I know what who you're talking about. Criminal Criminal Intent, I think, is what it was. Uh, it was him and the the, the the really short short redhead chick. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I forget. That's who he reminds me of. Yeah. And when I first saw him, I thought that was him, and I was like, oh shit, that's oh no, that's <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's what you're talking about. But I, I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He looks familiar to me, that guy. And I don't. I wish. I just wish I knew his name so I could look it up on IMDb. But like, like Mike doesn't remember Josh. I don't think Josh would have would really pay much attention to that. But yeah. but like I, I was so disappointed when Mike said I I don't know his name, but he's a he's a, a local actor like in commercials and stuff. And I'm going fuck, who is he? Like I need to know who this guy yeah. is. Our buddy Dan, I remember. Uh, well, no, no, I don't think Dan had a part with any of that. Um, yeah, I don't know how the fuck we got involved with that guy or how we how we hired him. I really can't remember. Yeah, but uh, well, I'll try to track it down. I'm sure I can figure it out. <laughs> I would love to know. I, I consider myself an internet sleuth of form. Well, listen, man, we're at two hours and fifteen minutes here. Usually, I cut right things off about two hours because I I don't know. I, I have a good time listening with the guest, but I don't know how much the listeners like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you, man. I feel you. I think my wife is on the way with dinner right now, yeah. so uh, it'll probably oh, yeah. be a, a good, a good part, uh, good time to cut it off. Too. It's right around dinner time for you guys. I always, I always forget yeah. you guys are behind me. So yeah, yeah. here's my here's my mini me. Oh wait, he's going paintballing. Oh, apparently. oh wow, look at you, buddy. <laughs> Hi. Hey, dude, how's it going? Good. Yeah, so that's my mini me. Just imagine him with a beard. <laughs> that picture, yeah. I swear, I thought that was you, yeah. man. It looked so much like you. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the jeans, man. You know, my brother and I, him and I, yeah, and then yeah. my nephew too. My nephew, uh, he's starting to look like him a lot, man. It's really? crazy. Yeah, because he's he's growing up, and it's like he's starting to get all tall and lanky like him. It's it's funny. Strong yeah. jeans, man. Honestly, like it's there is something to be said for strong jeans. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. Uh, don't go anywhere. I want to say a proper goodbye to you. I always do it with every guest, so so don't go anywhere. I'm just gonna do a quick wrap up here, and I'll turn the recording off, and then I want to talk to you a little bit afterwards. So. Um, all right. Cool. Uh, actually, before I before I do that, um, Jerry, can you tell everyone where to find uh, what your personal page is if you want to share that, and then also your we talked about G thirteen creative, but um, where to find your stuff if they want to see it? Yeah. So right now, I only have the the two Instagram pages. Uh, my personal page is uh, at Papa Bear, and it's P A P A underscore B E R R. And uh, my new page with all my art. And uh, hopefully I'll be posting more stuff uh, regarding like the, the actual project um, soon uh, is G- the G13 creative. So at G13 underscore creative. Um, and yeah, just follow, just keep an eye out and I'll be putting up, definitely be putting out artwork every week. 
you know, but I may be posting a little more about what uh, the ultimate goal is. So nice. Once awesome. I figure it out. Awesome. And, and honestly, I wish you all the success in the world. I think your stuff's great music and, and your design stuff. So, uh, you. you know, congratulations on the new page. I hope it uh, takes off for you and, and gets you, finds you a bunch of success. So, uh, stick around. I'm going to let me wrap this up real quick. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the I Got Asked podcast. Uh, you know what to do. If you're listening to this, I'm not going to tell you where to find it because you know where to find it. You're listening to it. But share it for me, please. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen. That's a big help for me. And uh, just engage with me. If you want to drop me a message uh, over Instagram um, or at the at either the podcast uh, Instagram or my own Instagram, which is uh, ol, O-L underscore Surly. Uh, you can find me there as well. and uh, Or email me at igapodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think of the show. If you're doing something cool and you want to be a guest, maybe uh, let me know and we'll talk about it. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you on the next one.